Senior-old Fazan Ahmed died from his injuries on Sunday evening. Nicola Hazler reports. The teenager from Hemel Hempstead was struck by a blue car which failed to stop on Jupiter Drive shortly before half past eight on Friday. In a statement, his family said they are devastated beyond belief and are appealing for anyone who knows the driver or who has information to contact the police. Hertfordshire police say the vehicle could have been abandoned and are asking anyone who sees a blue car with a broken windscreen and front-end damage to contact them, as well as any mechanics who may have been asked to repair one. All 43 police forces in England and Wales have signed up to a new voluntary code of conduct for how they use their controversial powers to stop and search members of the public. They've agreed to record every outcome of stop and search and officers will need higher authorisation to stop someone without grounds for suspicion. The Liberal Democrats will today put forward plans to make it compulsory for state schools to provide sex and relationship education to children from the age of seven. The party says the lessons would be age-appropriate. A man from Aylesbury is fighting to preserve an historic building which he wants to turn into a restaurant with a great train robbery theme. Jonathan Gilpin has offered to buy the old police station, but the council plans to demolish it as part of the town centre redevelopment. More from Lee Agnew. The work is part of the long-term plan to transform Aylesbury into a hub for culture and the arts. But Mr Gilpin says this building should be preserved and the great train robbery would be an ideal theme. Bucks County Council say the demolition of the old police station is a key part of the development as it will allow access and much-needed car park space. In football, MK Dons play the biggest game in their 10-year history tonight as they host Manchester United in the League Cup second round. It's a sellout at Stadium MK with more than 29,000 tickets sold. The weather becoming drier and brighter with temperatures up to 20 Celsius. And get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash threecounties. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. Well, it's at the moment a thriving town. It's, it's certainly on the up. All this week, we're featuring Aylesbury. People friendly, nice little markets. Yeah, I've just lived here all my life. I wouldn't live anywhere else. It's all about where you live. The bell came from the old Friary, which gives the name to the Fry Square in Aylesbury. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. Sugar muggy delicious. Yes. If you missed yesterday's show, and, and, and let's be honest, you did. I mean, you weren't listening. You didn't actually miss anything. Well, we played what is either the best song in the world or the worst song in the world. It starts like this. delicious. I'll, I'll give you the clip later on. We're, we're going to play the song after half past six. I genuinely think the future of music is named Allegra and is about seven years old. That besides, lots of stuff to... Hey, nice T-shirt, Catherine. Thanks very much. You, oh. Thank you. <laughs> there we go. Hey, Kelly Betts is back. Hey. What happened? When? Wagwan. Hi. Yeah. Lots to talk about this morning, including baby snatchers, theme pubs, and ice bucket bants. Across beds, hearts, and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Yesterday's show was awful. 
awfully good. <laughs> That's what I meant to yeah, say, yeah, yes. Yeah. Awfully good. It was um, the Catherine and Ian Bank Holiday... Bants. Bants Bunchan Bonanza. Catchy. Thanks very much. And um, we play. We brought in compact discs. We, we played music. We, we chatted. There was Did, yeah. great vibes. I'm glad you remember. Uh, we told stories. Yeah. Um, but one record we didn't get to play was the Cardigans. I like the Cardigans. I like the lady from the Cardigans. Yeah. Um, I like Cardigans generally. And yeah. I think all of us now are thinking about reaching for hours. I've, I, um, it's a bit chilly. I pulled mine out this morning and Did it was you? so cold I put it back. Did you? And the cardigan I'm referring uh, to. Yeah. Can you speak into your microphone, Kelly? Hello. Oh, yeah, it's, 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 it works. Oh, no, hang on, I pressed the wrong button. Hang on, oh, blimey. No, 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 I got the wrong thing. Hang on a minute. I'm going to play a cardigan song. I need to... Which one are you going to play? Ah, well, we're going to... No, that's not it. Hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. This one. No, 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 that's not the cardigans. That's, that's Simon's. Yep, no, hang on, hang on. Sounds good, like though. Like a Japanese cowboy. I once sung in a Japanese uh, country and western bar. Did you? In Kyoto. My wife and I went to a Japanese country and western bar in Kyoto. There were five other people in the audience, and um, there were eight people on stage. <laughs> Japanese cowboys. Uh, and um, then in the interval, the five other people in the audience left. And so it's just me and my wife. And I got chatting to the, uh, the lead singer. And um, I, said, oh, I said, oh, I'm really enjoying it. He said, oh, do you want to come up and sing with us? He sang it all like, in really bad English. And I said, um, yeah, all right. Do you know Rhinestone Cowboy? He said, yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, we'll get you up if you want. It's like, all right, this is weird. This is my wife, me here. So they got up on stage. So the stage. audience was your wife? Yeah. So they got up on stage and they did some songs. And then the guy went... I won't do the accent. Is there anybody here who wants to sing with us? Wow. <laughs> you, sir. You. Point to me. Do you want to sing with us? I, s- I said, yeah. Do you know Rhinestone Cowboy? He says to me. I said, yeah, I asked. Ladies and gentlemen, okay. Oh, the showman. What a showman. I got it on video somewhere. I'll dig it out. Anyway, that's not... I um, sang all that jazz in front of uh, um, some Japanese people. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. I love the Japanese. It was really, I was really good that night. Mm. Yeah. I was, I was on my game, jazz-wise. Really? Yeah. Were they Japanese cowboys? No, businessmen. Like a Japanese cowboy. Businessmen, was this some kind I'm of... Thinking, I wonder where he is. Was this some kind of... Um, you, you, you were dancing in your pants in front of Japanese businessmen? No, you've added that bit. I was fully clothed. Did you not say that? No. Why was that the image... Because I was singing all that jazz. Ah. You don't have to be partially nude. I see. Right, thank you. This is what I meant to play. Right, here we go.
squeeze that one out today. We, we didn't yesterday, and it's a corker. Uh, now, nine months after... Th- Nine months after the abduction of a child from foster care in Hertfordshire, the county council says it has no plans to change its policies and procedures when it comes to parental access. Now, we've known about this case for, well, months and months, but we can only tell you about it now as legal restrictions have just been lifted. The child's father was allowed supervised access to his baby, during which time he managed to lock the baby's social worker and foster parent in a room, take uh, the uh, baby to Northern Cyprus, which has no extradition treaty with the UK as far as anyone knows. They are still there. Well, Joanne Orton joins me now from the child abduction charity Reunite. Good morning, Joanne. Hi, good morning. Uh, he locked the, um, the, the social worker and the foster parent in a room and escaped with the baby. That sounds incredible surprising it is and and to be honest cases like this are actually quite rare um it's not very often that people will sort of manage to do things like that how the, the cases like that are quite rare but child abduction in the uk is is perhaps more common than we'd like to think isn't it absolutely yes and it's it's on the increase it rises year on year not just in the uk but globally it is a, a genuinely global issue do we have any any numbers for the uk well, um, for not specifically for the UK, because we unite as an organisation, deals with cases right across the world. Right. Um, but certainly reported to us in 2012, there was 502 cases, um, which involved I think something like 700 and uh, sorry, yeah, 722 children. But they're cases that are only reported to reunite. So it is a, a much bigger issue. Who's doing it more, Joanne? In my head, <laughs> I have an idea. It's it's the dads doing it more than the mums. Is that right? No, completely wrong. Really? Is it the other way around? It's, it's actually um, just over 70% of parental abductions are carried out by the mother. Are they really? What, and what yeah. leads them... What, what, how, how do they end up in a situation where that seems like a sensible option? Very often, it's parents have... Well, they've, they've met. Um, and usually they're from different backgrounds, <clears throat> different nationalities. They meet, the relationship breaks down, and very often the, the mother seeks solace by going back to her family. That's sort of the, the usual, the most common scenario that we see. The abducting parent doesn't often realise that they're actually doing something wrong. They just see it that it's, it's my child and I can take my mm. where I want to take. It's, it's not often that there's anything genuinely more sinister than the fact that they, they just want to be back with their family. I would imagine it's a tough one to control because if, if, a pa- yeah. you know, if parents are split up and someone says, but I'm going to take the kids away for a couple of weeks and yeah. the, dad, the dad or the mum goes, yeah, OK, no worries, and they don't return and there's no extradition with that country, well, th- there's nothing that can be done really, is there? And you can't say, no, you can't take the kids on holiday. That's right. I mean, it... A lot of it depends on whether they're going to a Hague or a non-Hague country. If they're going to a Hague country, then they have got the Hague mechanisms, which is it's more successful with some countries than others. Mm. Um, some countries are faster than others. Some countries are slower. Um, if you've got a country like Northern Cyprus, yes, it is very difficult because you are then looking at using their domestic courts to go to, sort of to the 
try and get the children returned. So very much comes down to their domestic process. And I would imagine, listen, my boys are on holiday for two weeks. I'm missing them terribly. I would imagine, you know, that's just for two weeks. I would imagine that the the parent who is left behind, it must be awful. It is. It's a a terrible, terrible position for that parent to be in. And I think the, the biggest thing that they go through is not obviously not just the, the grieving and the loss of their children being away but it's the isolation as well many parents feel like it only happens to them um you know it's and it's not it's it's a much bigger issue joanne if people want to find out more about uh, reunite what's the website it's www.reunite.org Nice and simple. Thank you very much, Joanne Orton from uh, Reunite. Right, uh, 6.15, let's get the travel with James. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Thanks, Ian. Well, unfortunately, the M1 closed this morning northbound between 11 and 12. That's Dunstable up to Flittig. There was an accident, a serious accident, at around 1 this morning involving a car and a lorry. The motorway's been closed since just before 2. It's expected to be closed until around 7 this morning. That's the latest uh, from the police. There is a diversion. You're asked to follow the hollow triangle signs via the A505 into Luton and then out to Houghton Regis, onto Toddington, back onto the M1 at Junction 12. Now, as a result, very slow through Dunstable. Church Street already slow moving Luton Road up to the High Street North and then the A5 the High Street through Dunstable northbound really slow with diverting traffic. Uh, East Coast mainline disruption up towards Scotland because of overhead line problems well actually up through Cambridgeshire as well there are problems with the overhead wires so that's the uh, cause of the disruption on East Coast and also First Capital Connects and the Metropolitan Line into London suspended uh, Chalfond and Latimer to Chesham because of a signal failure. James Wally, BBC Three Counters Radio. Thanks very much James. 17. It is uh, Tuesday, the 26th of August. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A baby abducted from social services in Hertfordshire still hasn't been found a year after the child was taken. Tributes have been paid online to a 16-year-old killed in a hit-and-run in Hemel Hempstead. And in football, it's a sellout Milton Keynes Stadium MK Milton Keynes for tonight's match between the MK Dons and Manchester United. And coming up after this next trail for the JVS show, well, Kelly Betts is going to find us a good song to play. Aren't you, Kelly? Yeah. BBC Three Counties Radio. Every weekday morning from nine, Jonathan Vernon-Smith. Lots to discuss. Do you agree with her? Do you think she speaks a lot of sense? With the biggest questions. Should Muslim women be allowed to wear the veil in court? And is it fair to only give people this kind of benefit for three months? And the biggest opinions. I'd like to hear from you. I feel strongly because... Children should be taught in a structured way. You know, there's nothing better in life than real-life experience. Don't need to patronise it. Excuse me, I'm talking, sorry. There's two words here. Common sense. One way, pet hate. I feel really strongly about it. We're talking about that. I agree with you. The JVS Show, weekdays from nine on BBC Three Counties Radio. Wow, Catherine, you really have... uh, You've really set a very low standard. Sitting in the morning sun I'll be sitting when the evening comes Watching the ships roll in And then I watch them roll away again Yeah 
I'm sitting on the dock of the bay Watching the tide roll away Ooh, I'm just sitting on the dock of the bay Wasting time I left my home in Georgia Headed for the Frisco Bay I've had nothing to live for And look like nothing's gonna come my way So I'm just gonna sit on the dock of the bay Watching the tide roll away I'm sitting on the dock of the bay Wasting time I can't do what ten people tell me to do So I guess I'll remain the same Sitting here resting my bones And this loneliness won't leave me alone Two thousand miles I roam Just to make this dock my home Now I'm just gonna sit At the dock of a bay Watching the tide roll away Ooh, I'm sitting on the dock of a bay Wasting time of the Lord. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Kelly Betts is there. I've not seen you for ages, Kells. You're right. Yes. You were at the uh, Reading Festival. Which books did you take with you? I read lots of very interesting books at the Reading Festival. um, And I saw some excellent bands. You interviewed, uh, this will mean nothing to you guys, uh, Jackson Bugs. I interviewed Jake Bug. Jake Bug, the pop singer. The folk singer. You like him, don't you? Do you fancy him a bit? No. Are there any pop stars you fancy? Not really. Because I fancy loads of pop stars, and it seems a bit pervy now I'm an old man. Yeah. I mean, that Justin Bieber's cute, isn't he? I'm joking. <laughs> For me, as you know, Catherine, it's all about... Rita Ora. There's Rita Ora. Front page. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I didn't even I think know I she fancy was, her a little bit. Yeah. I didn't even know she was a singer until quite recently. The front page of The Sun. Rita Ora. She's got a real aura about her. <laughs> I'd, like to have a, I'd like to have an aura. OK. Yeah. I'd like to have a Rita... Good night with her. <clears throat> no? Anyone? Is, is Ellis coming back at any point? Bueller? OK. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. The way the show works, of course, as you know, if you don't know by now, I'll tell you, uh, is we talk about stuff and you can call in about any bits and pieces you want. And um, coming up after half past six, we'll be playing what is either the best song in the world... It's probably not. ..or the worst song in the world. Your kids liked it, though. My five-year-old loved it. 
She's got no taste. That that sums it up, doesn't it? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Now to slightly more serious things. A Hemel teenager has died after a hit and run in the town on Friday. Sixteen-year-old Fazad Ahmed was taken to St Mary's Hospital in London, but sadly passed away on Sunday night. Catherine has been looking into this. What do we know about this? Well, we know that Fazan was out walking in Jupiter Drive in the Highfield area of Hemel Hempstead just before half eight on Friday night when he was hit by a car, and the driver of that car did not stop. Oh dear. It's understood that he sustained injuries to his head and back, which is why he was taken for specialist treatment at St Mary's in London, but unfortunately those injuries proved fatal and Fazan died in hospital on Sunday night. Now it's obviously come as a huge shock to his family and friends, many of whom have been paying tribute online to Fazan. Oh, very sad. His parents have issued a statement, haven't they? They What does that say? Well, although I should point out this statement came out while Fazan was still in hospital. Um, The teenager's mum and dad, Izzy Begum and Mukhtar Ahmed, um, told us that Fazan is a lively 16-year-old boy, adored by his family and friends. He's the life and soul of our family and with his whole future ahead of him. He loves football and is a supporter of Arsenal. His family and friends are devastated beyond belief about what's happened. Now, they also appeal for the driver of the car involved in this incident to come forward and for anyone with information to please contact the police. Uh, Well, you mentioned the police. What have they said? What are they asking for? Well, the investigation into what happened on Friday night has been taken over now by the Bedfordshire, Cambridgeshire and Hertfordshire Major Crime Unit. Remember, they've they've banded together to form this this unit. We'll hear from one of its detectives later on in the programme with how it's going this morning. But the search is well under way for the driver of the car, which we know is blue. Um, police say it will have a broken windscreen, <clears throat> front-end damage. The car could have been abandoned, although detectives want to know if any garage owners or mechanics have been approached by someone with this damaged blue vehicle. It will be quite obvious. Anyone with information about this is asked to contact PC Dave Clark at the Collision Investigation Unit via Hertfordshire Police's non-emergency number 101. Now, it says here that they should quote the reference number, ISR 67, sorry, 697 of August the 22nd. Oh, but sure. no, The police will be able to connect the dots with this one if you forget. So they want to hear from you if you know anything at all about what happened on Friday or if you've seen that car. Remember, it's blue and it has damage to the front and a smashed windscreen. Someone will have seen that. Oh dear, very, very sad. Thank you, Catherine. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. So yesterday, after uh, the the bank holiday, um, the... Uh, Bunchan Bantz Bonanza Um, I went home and didn't really do a lot didn't you? No. I started knitting a jumper. Whoa, whoa. Yeah. You're an early preparation for the uh, on- oncoming winter. Yeah, well, definitely. It takes me a long time because um, I've got two kids that keep getting in the way of all my projects. Knit- knitting with needles? Yeah. I'm really good <clears> at knitting. <throat> what? But you, can, you know you can buy jumpers now. I know, but it's um, you do it with love, don't you? Really? I thought you did it with love. I want to be that mum that says, you know. Who are you knitting for? My daughters. Knit me a jumper. God, it'll take ages, you're massive. Those arms as well, how much wool? <laughs> Thanks, mate. I might one day. I might one day. But why, you know, uh, the thing is, they'll grow out of it. Don't care, I'll pass it on to their little um, cousin. Oh, It's a really cool one. It's You know Katie Morag? Oh, yeah. I'm doing something similar to that. We're going to the lakes, you see. It's going to be freezing. Oh, it will be cold there. And uh, good jumper's always uh, a good idea for the Lake District. N- now, um, you do owe me a jumper. OK. Well... Because what for? look look at what you're wearing. Oh yeah, um, I've got a really tight t-shirt on this morning. Yeah. Thanks, Ian, for that. Uh, no worries. <laughs> I was being optimistic. Well, I put it on over my frock, and it's bulking it out somewhat. I, and I'm wearing one, and Kelly's got one. But Kelly, you're not wearing yours. I know. I will put it on. It's a, it's a nice t-shirt. Um, it's lovely. It's um, it's about um, Abbots Langley. Yeah, it's an Abbots Langley t-shirt, guys. Who'd have thought? So, thank you to Scott Balcony for making it. I paid for it, and it was my idea. 
Thanks, Scott. No, but I paid for it. Did you actually pay for I it? I did actually pay for it, yeah. Really? Yeah, I did. I gave him cold, hard cash. Wow. And then when I asked for a receipt, he, he looked all disappointed and said, I have to charge you a little bit more then. His, his T-shirts were on special until recently. Is he charging you full whack now? Uh, I, well, he, I did say, look, I'm going to pay for this. And I was expecting mate's rates. If that's his mate's rates, I'd hate to be his enemy. Maybe you're not his mate. Well, maybe not. Anyway, it's... Hey, listen, an... times is tough. He's got to feed kids. Well, take a picture... He we'll did take... mine for nothing when, I, when he made me a what? T-shirt. He did what? Hmm? Nothing. Really? Mm. We will take a picture of us in our T-shirts and you can have a look. Fans of Abbott Langley, fans of Mysteries and fans of Fire Brigades. And tight T-shirts. Yes, yeah. You, those fans are in for a real treat. <laughs> oh, 08459 is the telephone. I was going to play a song. I haven't got time now. Sing us one. Pass the duchy on the left hand side. Pass the duchy. Hey, in a bit, Kels, we're gonna play. Uh, we're gonna play this. Sugar muggy delicious. Hey, oh my gosh, I can't wait. When I, when I got home from the bank holiday bounce yesterday, yeah. um, my daughters were manic, yeah. um, and they were also talking about how. Sorry, my. Distracting you? I'm just trying to see if I can find a song that I can squeeze in. They were talking about how funny it was that my friend wanted to rub Wee Wee into my face. That was and me. they liked the Chunky Monkey song. Did they like it? That was the two highlights for them. I'll tell you what we can squeeze in. This. Bit of Doris? Yeah? Yeah. Film 94. Yeah? Do you know what that is? I don't know. Flip it, You probably know, like, film 2011 or something, Muppet.
The northbound M1 is closed this morning in Bedfordshire between 11 and 12, Dunstable to Flittig for investigation work after an accident that happened in the early hours of this morning. Uh, we expect the motorway to reopen at around 7 o'clock, but that hasn't been uh, confirmed. We'll wait for the uh, latest from the Highways Agency over the next half an hour, obviously. There is a diversion through Houghton Regis. So you're taken off the A505 or off onto the A505 uh, into Luton, out to Houghton Regis, then the A5120 via Toddington to rejoin the M1 at Junction. 12. That's the official diversion route. You're asked to follow the hollow triangle signs. Uh, as a result, there are long delays also through uh, Dunstable, the A5 northbound, particularly slow. I think plenty of drivers coming off of Junction 9, heading through Dunstable, northbound, slow moving. And the M1 southbound past the scene of the accident is also queuing. As for East Coast and First Capital Connect, delays because of problems with the overhead wires between Peterborough and Huntingdon and Metropolitan Line, no service, Chalfont and Latimer to Chesham. James Wally, BBC Three Counters Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 6.30. I'm Jane Killick. Hertfordshire County Council says it isn't reviewing the way that children in care can meet their parents despite the abduction of a baby the local authority was looking after. The baby's natural father took the child to northern Cyprus with the mother. Tributes have been paid online to a teenager who was killed by a hit-and-run driver in Hemel Hempstead. 16-year-old Fazan Ahmed died from his injuries on Sunday evening. A man from Aylesbury is fighting to preserve an historic building which he wants to turn into a great train robbery restaurant. Jonathan Gilpin has offered to buy the old police station, but the council plans to demolish it as part of the town centre redevelopment. The weather becoming brighter and drier. On to sport and in football, MK Dons play the biggest game in their 10-year history tonight as they host Manchester United in the League Cup second round. It's a sellout at Stadium MK with more than 29,000 tickets sold. Chairman Pete Winkleman says it'll be a magical moment for the club. We can go and do ourselves proud. We'll have a lot of occasional supporters, people that might have not been to the stadium before. And I want to go and show them that this Milton Keynes team, it might be League One at the moment, but it's got the makings of something special. We play very entertaining football. We play football like the Premiership teams, where you want to keep it, where you want to be threatening with the ball and, and with what you're able to do with it. Watford are also in League Cup action against Doncaster at Vicarage Road this evening. Goalkeeping coach Alec Chamberlain says it might be an opportunity to rotate the squad and play some of those on the fringe of the first team, including Lloyd Dyer. We're very fortunate with the amount of players and the amount of quality that we've got. Not everybody is going to be involved week in, week out. So, you know, Lewis McGoogan's not been in the squad again as well. And... uh... Uh, Sean Murray's not involved again today, so it's not just Lloyd. I'm sure Lloyd you know, and those other players will probably be involved on Tuesday. In the Conference South, none of our teams secured a victory. There were losses for Hemel Hempstead and St Albans and nil-nil draws in the matches involving Bishop Stortford and Boreham Wood. In the Southern Premier, Hitchin beat Arsley 2-0, Dunstable beat Bickleswade 1-0. There was a win for Chesham and a two-all draw for Burnham. BBC Three Counties News and Sport. The next bulletin is at 7. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. I'm Ian Lee. And let's have a look at the papers. I'm Captain, I'm Captain Boyle. Oh, oh, I did something wrong, laddie. Oh, I, dro- I dropped a coffee down my top. Oh, Mrs Doubtfire. <laughs> Or was that Andy Murray? It's so hard to tell with your impressions. Andy Murray's mum, please stop phoning me. I'm not interested. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not interested. Does she want to um, yeah. teach you to... Yeah. She wants to, at work on my serve, 
Uh, I'm trying to think of an innuendo around tennis. Oh, she wants she wants new balls, please. There we go. There we go. Got one. Andy Murray's going to uh, mum's going to be on Strictly. Is she? Tennis mum Judy Murray has admitted she lied to son Andy about appearing on Strictly Come Dancing by telling him she would not be taken to the dance floor. Ah, that kind of lie. What? Double bluff. Well, hang on. So, what? She said she was going to be on Strictly, but she wouldn't be dancing. No, she said she's not doing it. The duped Wimbledon hero replied, Thank God, you'd be absolutely terrible. <laughs> Andy, 27, has yet to comment publicly on tennis coach Judy joining the BBC One show. Hmm, I wonder why. Uh, but for family source revealed, he was desperate to avoid attending the 54-year-old's performances. That's nice, isn't it? After yeah. she's um, running around in the car, helped him to get his tennis really good and like winning and stuff, uh, and sat through all those boring matches. Yeah, thanks, Andy. Just sit and watch her dance for five minutes. Who? Um, I, I don't really care about Strictly. The only reason I'm caring about it now is because one of the former dancers is in the celebrity big brother house mm, james loving big brother at the moment it is flipping wonderful and james is in it and boy oh boy isn't he an unpleasant gentleman he's irritating isn't he well that's putting it mildly a lot of passive aggression yeah yeah and sweary threat and threatening to hit a 71 year old man classy but man have you seen his pachanga <laughs> oh I don't know what a pachanga is. Dance. But it's a dance. Is that a dance? Yeah. Okay. Hey, you know Dynamo, the magician, magic man? Um, oh, he's the man that walks on water. Little fella. I've walked on water. I actually have. And the, which, which water did Jesus walk on? Was it the Sea of Galilee? Yes. I've walked on that. Have you? Yeah, I have, actually. How did you do it? Not telling you. I'm holy. It was a trick. Yeah. There was a small platform just underneath the water. Oh. I wish I could find the footage because it did not look good. That's you out of the magic circle. Hey. <sighs> Telly magician Dynamo has thanked school bullies for his success. What? He's thanking school bullies? Why? <laughs> Thanks, please. I didn't get it. Thank you. The star, 31. Oh, I hate when famous people are younger than he, me. Here's the thing. Oh, go on, I'll tell you in a second, go on. Was taught by his great-granddad after asking him for help against thugs. Bradford-born Dynamo, real name Stephen Frayn, said... Oh, is that... Oh. If I hadn't been stuck in wheelie bins, I'd never have asked him. <laughs> Bending back his finger, he added, if they threatened to break my bones, I'd say, you can't, I'm invincible, and then do that. Yeah, and then they smacked him in the ghoulies. Guess how old... This, this is the thing that always puts my life into perspective. Not so much now I'm an old man, but when I was a young man. How old was George Harrison when he left the Beatles? Oh, gosh, about 26. 26 years old. Uh, he was... Because twi- they look like old men. Towards yeah. the end of the Beatles, they look like they're in their sort of late 30s. Beardy, though, wasn't it? Beardy. He was 26 years old when he left the Beatles. But he was the baby of the band, wasn't he? How old was he when they started out? 16? Something like that. But, I mean, Paul's only a couple of years older. Ringo's, like, Ringo's was about 40 even then. (laughs) Hey, Kelly? Yeah? Do you want to hear this song? Yes, please. Right, this is Allegra. Yeah. This is Chunky Monkey. Yeah. This is, and it it starts like this. Chunky Monkey delicious. Right, and you think that's the best bit? Better. Yeah, well... Depends what better means. My mate made a mixtape for me for my birthday, and this song, it popped up, it's track 12, and I played it 15 times in a row because my head simply could not understand it. Now, I'm not suggesting we do that today. Maybe tomorrow. Maybe. You've, you've heard it. You've yeah. not made, you can't make your mind up either, can you? Um, you know, I, I have a certain tolerance for these things because I live yeah. with two very small girls who do this all the time. Yeah. You know, if you've not had children recently, this might get on your wick. See you if on you the have other got side. Children, go to your happy place. See you on the other side, guys. Chunky Monkey Delicious. I went to the zoo looking for you, but what I did find, but what I did find was a couple of elephants and chimpanzees. That's what I did see. That's what I did see. But something seemed to catch my eye. Something to 
at me with big blue eyes And I couldn't help but see A drunken monkey Yeah, a drunken monkey Yeah, his brown fur was so soft and clean He walked just like a chimpanzee That drunken monkey Yeah, that drunken monkey Yeah, but who else did I see Looking at that chunky monkey was you was sang that <laughs> it did sound like you your thoughts please as um, the producer of the BBC introducing show Saturday night's 8 o'clock that there is the one that got away yeah you could have had that bad boy it started and ended um, in a way that I didn't expect yes and the middle and the middle I, I was wondering where it would go next yep and it did go there didn't it just it just went and it was short Yes. That's a tip for all um, budding musicians in their bedrooms in Beds Hut and indeed, what's the other county? Bucks. Yeah. 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 Thanks, Kelly. Uh, anytime. Okay, should we play it again? Yes. That's the only way. Chunky and monkey delicious. It's the only way for it to work. You have to do it in a loop continuously. Ah, uh, maybe not. Oh. What have you got in the papers, Kath? You got a gnome. Sorry? In the garden. Um, no. Do you fancy a zombie? Oh, yes, I do. Brits apparently are flocking... No, they're not. Come on. Let's stop this silliness. They're not flocking. Some people have bought some stuff. Yeah. Brits are flocking to decorate their gardens with life-size zombies. Grizzly ornament sales are up tenfold and stores are thanking the hit TV show The Walking Dead. Top sellers are a £19.99 resin head and a flesh-hungry ghoul clawing the ground for £79.99. That's an expensive joke. That's a lot of money for some ghoulies. Online store Garden for Less boasts its reanimated corpse sculptures include grotesque detail and bosses at Roxley Manor Garden Centre in Sidcup, Kent called their range very popular. Wow, that's a story about nothing, isn't it? There's this one as well um, in the sun. 
that accuses the BBC of uh, poisoning girl guides. What? What have we done? We, we, we muffed up with Cliff Richard, we muffed up with Jimmy Savile, now we're muffing up with girl guides? Girl guides were sent seeds for a potential killer plant. Potential when they... killer plant. Yeah, yeah, if you eat it. I mean, who's going to eat flowers? Girl guides are not brownies or rainbows. They know about this stuff. Yeah. Um, the youngsters had asked for one of the variety packets after the show plugged its Grow Wild early this year. In May the 2nd, Royal Wusson Bassett Unit girls sewed them into a park, marking the spot with a plaque. Amateur photographer Mike McKee was intrigued by a purple flowering plant he saw at the site and decided to look it up. He was shocked to discover it was a corn cockle. A what? A <laughs> corn cockle. Suddenly I'm interested again. A rare plant of all of which is poisonous if eaten. He notified the council they removed the plants, which can also cause vomiting, dizziness and diarrhoea if you eat them. Did you know you can eat dandelions? Yes. Do you know why they're called dandelions? Hang on, let me work, hang on a minute, hang on a minute, because they're, they're like um, uh, poncy lines that are showing off. No, um, it's from the French, Don de Lyon. Oh, it's a uh, tooth of the lion. I and, prefer my version. And they do make you go. It's a diuretic. <laughs> Words? Um, but I remember when I was at school, the curate ate yeah. a... Uh, don't do that at home, kids. Uh, daffodil. Why? Because he said our parents would never believe he'd done it, and that's what the early Christians had to deal with. That they'd seen unusual things and all. Hang on a minute. He's trying to encourage children to um, get disbelief from their parents about Mm. something a teacher did in front of them. Mm. Words that are falling out of favour. Um, These these words are falling out of favour. Well, drawers is in there, and yet you sent me a text with the word drawers in the other yeah, day. Yeah, I did the old winter drawers on joke. Yeah, well, and so that, the, the, these words are falling out of favour. Fortnight? I've said that recently. Oh, you said it last fortnight? Yeah. Ago. I say it all the time. Marvellous. I've been to a marvellous party. Yes, I like that song. Fetch? Fetch? How is fetch falling out of favour? Walkman? Well, duh, yeah. Catalogue? Pussycat. Pussycat dolls, isn't it? Yeah. And cheerio. Those are all words that I've used. And the, these are the biggest risers. Awesome. Okay, Lego. Treadmill. <laughs> How is treadmill one of the biggest risers? My favourite word that no one uses. You'll know what this means. Kelly won't know what this means. Widdershins. Oh no, I don't know. What that oh, do you know what that means? My favourite word that I means like something. It. Yeah. What does it mean? The cat ran widdershins around the living room. Naked. Anti-clockwise, isn't it? Oh. Yeah, you go. Why are you laughing? <laughs> because who would say that? Uh, my so nan, who's now dead. So what are you saying about my dead nan? Seriously, uh, what are you saying? Um, what are you saying about her? So use it in another sentence. All right. Um, my watch... Oh, my watch is broken. The, the, the hands are going widdershins. <laughs> Don't go widdershins around this roundabout. You'll be breaking the law. Widdershins' hands are the worst. <laughs> ah! Hey, you can phone us with old words. What? Why not? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Yeah. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The northbound M1 is currently closed between 11 and 12. That's Dunstable up to Flitwick. It's for investigation work after an accident. A serious accident happened just after 1 o'clock this morning. The closure is likely to be in until around 7 o'clock. And uh, there is a diversion through Houghton Regis. You're also following the hollow triangle signs off the M1 at 11 onto the A505, out to Houghton Regis, onto the 5120 through Toddington to rejoin the M1 at Junction 12. Plenty of drivers, though, coming off the M1 early and then heading 
heading up through Dunstable. Northbound A5, very slow, we can see on the speed sensors. Uh, if you're on the M25, well, anti-clockwise is heavy 21A to 18 already. That's St Albans around to Chorley Wood. And the East Coast Main Line and First Capital Connect trains through Cambridgeshire, running with delays and disruption because of problems with the overhead wires between Peterborough and Huntingdon. Buses are replacing trains between St Neots and Peterborough at the moment. Uh, overall journey times adding or being delayed by up to two hours, we're being told. And on the Metropolitan Line, there is no service Charlton Latimer to Chesham because of a signal failure. James Worley, BBC Three Counters Radio. Thank you, James. 6.47, it's Tuesday the 26th of August. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Hertfordshire County Council isn't changing procedure after a baby it was looking after was abducted by the parents. The family of a 16-year-old boy killed in a hit-and-run in Hemel Hempstead say they are devastated by his death. And a man is trying to save the old police station in Aylesbury... I'll read it as it's written. A man's trying to save the old police station in Aylesbury to turn it into a great train robbery theme restaurant. A great train robbery theme restaurant? More on this later. Thanks. Oh, weather, isn't it? Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. Well, after a rather damp, soggy and disappointing bank holiday Monday, I'm afraid there's a little bit more to come. We have a bit of rain first thing this morning. Gradually, it will start to ease, though. It's a rain band that's sinking southwards. Behind it, we've got some dry weather, particularly through this afternoon. It may even brighten up. We may even get a little bit of sunshine. Maximum temperature later, probably only staying around 18 Celsius, however. Overnight, dry and clear. Just a bit of patchy cloud to worry about. Could get a bit of mist in the rural spots. Minimum temperature though down to around 10 celsius again in the rural spots perhaps a little warmer in built-up areas uh, but feeling a little fresher than it did last night for tomorrow it's an improving picture compared to the last couple of days it's glorious we'll have some sunny spells it'll be dry and temperature just slightly warmer maximum up to around 21 celsius and that's your forecast BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. Quite a pleasant market town. Well, it's at the moment a thriving town. It's, it's certainly on the up. All this week, we're featuring Aylesbury. People work well together. There's a nice feeling. There are friendly people. People do smile at each other on the street. Nestling in the Chilterns. Lots of nice countryside round, you know. Inviting everyone to where you live. Very pretty with all the hanging baskets they've done this year. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. The bell came from the old Friary, which gives the name to the Fry Square in Aylesbury. From BBC Three Counties Radio. You had a fact about Aylesbury, what was that? Um, it's a very nice place to be. Yeah. Um, a whole lot of love is the greatest riff. I got a whole lot of love. Mm, 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 I got a whole lot of love. You know, a funky um, riff is called a lick. Did you know that? You can have that. For years, it was the instantly recognisable guitar riff that kicked off Top of the Pops. Top of the Pops. Now, more than four decades after its release, Led Zeppelin's Whole Lot of Love has been named the greatest of all time in a list of 100 compiled by music critics. Do you want me to run down the top ten? Um, Money, Pink Floyd. I hate Pink Floyd. Do you? Yeah, rubbish. Why? Uh, the only good song they did was um, See Emily Play with Sid Barrett. The rest, tedious tosh. Next. You really got me. The Kinks. Oh, I, I like You Really Got Me by The Kinks. If, I were, if I were quicker, I'd be able to play the, uh, the Dave Luton, but I can't. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Thank you. Money for Nothing, Dire Straits. Dire Straits, awful band. Down Down, status quo. Yeah, good. That is good, baby. My favourites, The Smiths, How Soon Is Now. Ah, I've got that one. 
Layla, Derek and the Dominoes. Yeah, that is a cracking record. They said Derek, it was really Eric. Eric Clapton and his Dominoes. He was too shy to put his name in the band. Oh. I think. Moke on the Water, Deep Purple. Back in Black, Act... <laughs> ACDC, I'm not going to try and do that one. Act <laughs> Sweet Child of Mine, Guns and, Guns and Roses. And I spoiled it by telling you beginning whole lot of love. Led oh, set. well, yeah, no, no tension there. Well, let's hear... Uh, Phyllis Nelson uh, doing a lick. Is that, no, is that... It's not funky enough. Oh. So give me a funky lick. You need like lick. a Booty Collins. Give me a funky lick. lick. Go on. <laughs> Get lost. Oh dear. Hey baby. You go your way. And I'll go mine. But in the meantime, when we're together, touching each other, and our bodies do what we Tender love 
see. She carries on like that, I'll get kicked out of the disco. If you, this is, I mean, some of these lyrics, move closer so that it feels like we're really making love. Really, Phyllis? Really? You want a bit of the old bump and grind? No, thank you. Out. Get a room. You mucky pub. Uh, the Ice Bucket Challenge, Catherine. Yeah. We talked about this yesterday, but no one was listening, so I think we can resurrect it. It's in the, the mail, Yeah. I think. They've p- put pictures of primarily hot girls in bikinis yeah, having a bucket. That's, you have a bucket of ice tossed over you, don't you? That's the idea. And you give money to charity. I thought that was the point, but some people apparently are just doing the challenge and passing it on to their friends. It's become a little bit of fun. Now, listen, well done to everybody who's done it. My, some of my friends have done it. I know that Roberto here has done it. His yeah. video is on the, uh, the the Three Counties Facebook page if you want to go and see it. Congratulations, well done. I've been nominated. I ain't doing it. Wally Webb got nominated. He's not doing it either. Barack, me, Barack Obama and the Webster are refusing to do it. On what grounds? I don't want to look more like a plum than already i don't like when did we start nominating people to do stuff for charity if i want to do something for charity i'll do it i'll go and write a check i'll go and put a few quid in a bucket i'm not gonna pour water or ice cold water what's the point i don't even know what the charity is als it started out as what for the boy band no they don't need the money ALS is a motor neuron charity in oh. America. Uh-huh. Um, now i believe the uh, british version yeah. motor neuron association yeah are uh, taking those do- donations. And just I think um, a cancer charity also. Macmillan, we're having a bit of it. I don't like it, Just. I don't mm. think it's appropriate. I don't want to do it. I refuse to do it. Does that make me a misery guts? No, not at all. I don't think so. I mean, £250,000 has been raised so far, but I think the big it's issue with this... Well, so it's quite a lot of money for well, charity. For any charity, that's a lot of money. A quarter of a million quid. I, I, I don't think a quarter of a million quid is that much money at all. It's a lot better than nothing. Yes, it's better than the poke in the eye with a sharp (laughs) stick, but still. (laughs) I I think that's quite a lot, actually, to be fair. A quarter of a million pounds. But I think the big issue is, Ian, that that nobody knows what they're doing this for. It's become like like an ego banter central on on social media. Yeah, I've been out this morning um, talking to people about the uh, the Ice Bucket Challenge. There's some very awkward audio coming up here. Um, Here's what happened. Charlie, you have done the Ice Bucket Challenge. When was this? Um, on Friday. So we believe a quarter of a million pounds has been raised for charity so far. Do you know anything about that charity? Um, no, I don't actually, but uh, I think it's a good cause and uh, I think it's good that everyone's getting behind it and you can see how popular it is by how much social media is behind it. The thing is, how can it be a good cause if you don't know what the cause is? And you've done the challenge. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> is it pointless? No, it can't be pointless. If it's raising money, then it's not a pointless thing to do. John, it's um, it's miserable out here this morning. The Ice Bucket Challenge, have you done it yourself? No. Anybody that you know, have they done it? My son. Right, how old's your son? 13. Now, if your son has done it, obviously everyone's talking about it right now, raising money for charity. Do you know anything about the charity where the money apparently is going to? No. It's obviously for a good charity, is it? Well, yeah, but this is the thing. If your son has done it and you don't know about the charity... That pretty much says it all, doesn't it? Yeah. Gosh, I'm speechless, Just. Well, yeah, this is the thing. If everyone's talking about it, if everyone's doing it, you should at least know about the charity that you're raising money for, the UK Motor Neuron Disease Association. And that's why people uh, are doing it, apparently. But the people I'm talking to that, that have done the Ice Bucket Challenge haven't got a clue about the charity. So what's the point? Yeah.
Justin, thank you very much. Would you do it if you were nominated? Um, I have been nominated, um, but if I'm going to do it, and hopefully I will do over the next 24 hours or so, um, I certainly will be donating some cash to charity. Otherwise, what's the point? Justin, thank you. Or you could just just write a cheque now and not do it. It's um, a, a charity that I don't feel personally connected with. So while I support them and applaud them and uh, give them the thumbs up, I won't be making a donation to that charity, but I'm, I hope they raise lots of money. That's all right. I feel bad saying that, but that's all right to say there are some charities I would give to and some I wouldn't. You shouldn't even have to justify it. It's not about peer pressure. It shouldn't be about peer pressure. It should be something you think about and you give to the charity that most affects you or you feel most drawn to. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Let's get the travel with James. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Thanks, Ian. The northbound M1 is closed between 11 and 12 Dunstable to Flitwick for investigation work after a serious accident in the early hours of this morning. It's queuing for three miles on the approach. There is a diversion that takes you through onto the A505 up through Houghton Regis and then via Toddington on the, v- on the A5120 to rejoin the M1 at Junction uh, 12. Southbound past the scene, really slow. Back of the queue now is at Junction 13. So that's, again, three to four miles of slow traffic and really slow on the A5 northbound through Dunstable. M25, usual congestion. Anti-clockwise, 21A to 18, and delays for trains via Huntingdon. James Wally, BBC Three Counters Radio. Thank you, James. Hey, my sister has tweeted me. Don't listen to the show. You're not supposed to know I have a showbiz career. Showbiz, yeah. Her favourite word. I may mispronounce this. Petricor. Do you know what that means? Oh, it's a corker. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's seven o'clock, I'm Jane Killick. The headlines, no review of policies in Hertfordshire after a baby in care was abducted. Teenager killed in a hit and run in Hemel Hempstead and the Aylesbury man who wants to open a great train robbery restaurant. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hertfordshire County Council says it isn't reviewing the way that children in care can meet their parents despite the abduction of a baby the local authority was looking after. The baby's natural father locked a social worker and a foster parent into a room during a religious contact visit in Bishop Stortford before flying out to northern Cyprus with the mother. Joanne Orton is from the child abduction charity Reunite. Cases like this are actually quite rare. Um, it's not very often that people will sort of manage to do things like that. Reported to us in 2012, there was 502 cases, but they're cases that are only reported to Reunite. Tributes have been paid online to a teenager from Hertfordshire who was killed by a hit-and-run driver in Hemel Hempstead. 16-year-old Fazan Ahmed died from his injuries on Sunday evening. Nicola Hazler reports. The teenager from Hemel Hempstead was struck by a blue car which failed to stop on Jupiter Drive shortly before half-past eight on Friday. In a statement, his family said they are devastated beyond belief and are appealing for anyone who knows the driver or who has information to contact the police. Hertfordshire police say the vehicle could have been abandoned and are asking anyone who sees a blue car with a broken windscreen and front-end damage to contact them, as well as any mechanics who may have been asked to repair one. All the police forces have agreed to use a new code of contact, uh, conduct regulating the way officers stop and search members of the public. The Home Secretary, Theresa May, has warned that misuse of the powers has damaged the reputation of the police. 
Many commentators think Alex Salmond of the SNP won the second and final televised debate about Scottish independence. His exchanges with Alistair Darling of the Better Together campaign about the currency, North Sea oil and the welfare state were often bad-tempered. The referendum takes place next month. A man from Aylesbury is fighting to preserve an historic building which he wants to turn into a restaurant with a great train robbery theme. Jonathan Gilpin has offered to buy the old police station but the council plans to demolish it as part of the town centre redevelopment. More from Lee Agnew. The work is part of the long-term plan to transform Aylesbury into a hub for culture and the arts. But Mr Gilpin says this building should be preserved and the great train robbery would be an ideal theme. Bucks County Council say the demolition of the old police station is a key part of the development as it will allow access and much-needed car park space. In football, MK Dons play the biggest game in their 10-year history tonight as they host Manchester United in the League Cup second round. It's a sellout at Stadium MK with more than 29,000 tickets sold. The weather becoming drier and brighter with temperatures up to 20 Celsius. And get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash threecounties. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. People work well together, there's a nice feeling, there are friendly people, people do smile at each other on the street. It's all about where you live. Yeah, it's got the basics, but it's surrounded by some beautiful countryside, beautiful history. All this week, we're featuring Aylesbury. Very pretty with all the hanging baskets they've done this year. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. It's Tuesday, it's wet, it's miserable. That was a nice summer, nearly Christmas. Coming up on the show, Baby Snatchers, theme pubs and ice bucket bands. I don't get the ice bucket challenge. And listen, while I wish the charity... I've forgotten already. I wish the charity... the Motor Neuron Disease, thank you very much. Association, thank you. I wish them the very, very best of luck and wholeheartedly thumbs up awards to them... I think a quarter of a million pounds. Is that figure right? I don't think it's that much money. It can't be. That can't be right. Considering the number of challenges on Facebook at the moment, really? Is everyone donating? Well, this is the thing. Justin was speaking to some people there. Maybe we'll play that later on. People who had done it or their family had done it, and yet they didn't know what the charity was. That would imply to me it's not working very well. What was the no-makeup selfie? That was for a cancer charity. And, and I felt a bit obliged to do mine. Do you feel a bit bullied into it? Yeah, yeah. and I did it in a jokey way, doing a stupid face, because I noticed a lot of people are doing it um, and sort of putting filters on and stuff, okay. and they were hoping to get that, oh, you look great anyway, babe. Yeah. I didn't want that, and I'd, I'd just rather give them money, to be honest. Here's the thing. Uh, the, the charity stunts where you have to nominate people, I think, are... Um, um, I think they're wrong. I think they're wrong. I think it's it's bullying. I think it's unfair pressure. It's the same stuff as chain letters. Yeah, chain letters. That was good. That program. Chain letters. Oh, you mean the actual chain letters? Yeah, I don't Gosh, like them. You're that old. Yeah. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Is it bad of me to say that these these charity things where you nominate people? I'm going to say I think they're a kind of bullying. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Got some texts, Kath, you want to do them? You've got a few. The Tune In Radio page for your breakfast show. What's that? What? 
Oh, that's got a picture of Simon Lederman yeah. and a woman. So, and um, Lisa, what, Lisa and Hitchin wants a picture of you and your beard. We've, I've got a beard, guys. Uh, we'll post a picture on, on Twitter later on because of, of the T-shirts that we're wearing. Mm. And that was the mystery of Abbott's Lonely Fire Brigade. I suggest you do mine quick before I spill coffee on it because it's <laughs> going to happen. <laughs> Yours looks good. And it's too tight. I, nothing's too tight. <laughs> and, um, yeah, we've been trying to get that picture changed for the last two and a half years and the guys at TuneIn just don't... Don't seem to um, uh, want to help. Although I wish we did look like those guys. They're hot. Yeah, they are hot. Daz the trucker, arg. Dunstable is gridlocked, says Daz, and he sent that at 10 to 7, so it's probably still gridlocked. Give us a shout if you're stuck in that. And also, uh, Nick says, if you are going to play that stupid monkey tune again, I will turn 3CR off. Bye, Nick. Chunky monkey delicious. You know, everyone's a critic. Everyone's a critic. You tried you tried doing this job. It's bloody hard work. It's not. It's not. It's a piece of cake. 0844. And, and by the way, uh, to the, to, there was there, some people on the internet um, who accused me of being childish. One woman accused me of being childish and then said, Ian Lee's ch- so childish, his show is a load of old poo. Oh. Right. Uh, meanie, meanie. Meanie, meanie. Oh wait, four five nine four double five five double. No, wait, oh wait, four five. Is that right? Oh wait, four five nine four double five <laughs> five double five. I have a week off, and I turn into a gibbering wreck. If you want to give us a call, that's the number. Is I, I think that these charity things where you are, are nominated, I think they're bullying. I think it puts undue pressure. I felt pressure at the, at the weekend when I was nominated online on Twitter. And I didn't... Do you know what? I didn't feel comfortable coming out, and I didn't say it on Twitter, coming out saying, I'm not doing this. Because then people make a judgement about it. But I you. think the tide is turning. If you look on Twitter and online, people are starting to get a bit fed up of seeing these endless, relentless videos yeah. of people doing the Ice Bucket Challenge. And, you know, if they're raised a quarter of a million, really, it seems like there's a lot more people doing it than donating. Yeah. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number if you want to give us a call about that or anything else that we're talking about. Here's a story. Hertfordshire County Council says it has no plans to review its child protection procedures despite the abduction of a baby from foster care last year. The child was taken during what was supposed to be a supervised visit last November. Well, it got quite dramatic. The baby's father locked its foster parent and social worker in a room, drove off to Stansted Airport, where its mother was waiting, with tickets to Northern Cyprus. And hey, guess what? The UK has no extradition treaty with Northern Cyprus. So it's thought they're still there. Well, Cara Nuttall, who's a senior family lawyer at the firm Slater & Gordon, joins me now. Morning, Cara. Morning. Uh, I, I, I'm shocked by this. I'm shocked that, A, 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 you know, someone could lock up a social worker and a foster parent in a room and, and, and snatch a baby, and, B, that they could, could get out of the country. It, is it not easy to block people's passports? Um, if you know in advance that there's a risk that something like this might happen, there are um, a lot of protective measures that can be put in place, which can include confiscation of travel documents, uh, port alerts, so that people get stopped at the um, at the airport. Um, but the issue is often knowing that it's likely to right. happen and, and getting those measures put in place. So there, there's no... You, you can't do an immediate lockdown on someone's passport, then? It, t- there, there, it takes some time to, to do that, does it? It can be done very quickly and on short notice, but right. it's just a case of by the time, obviously, um, you've gone through the process and that notification has been sent out, um, if people have been very quick, then sometimes uh, you can miss it. Also, mm. the system itself is actually quite hit and miss. Um, so getting something like a port alert um, is no guarantee that somebody will be stopped. Um, and unfortunately, there are sometimes cases where people do slip through the net. Now, obviously, we don't know the, the full uh, background to this story, but what, what's striking me as interesting and slightly odd is that both parents have abducted the baby. I would imagine that's quite unusual, that it's normally one or the other of the parents that does it. 
It is. So parental child abduction where parents have separated is actually relatively common. Uh, there was about 650 children uh, abducted last year in and out of the UK. Um, and that's often the case where, for example, you've got a couple with international links, one of them wants to go home, um, or one of them has moved abroad and wants the children with them. So that's not terribly unusual, and certainly worldwide it's a very big problem. Um, whereas the cases where both parents act together are, of course, much more rare. Um, and it, it would tend to be in a setting where they're, they're facing a situation whereby the, the child or children are being taken away from them. The baby was in foster care. There must have obviously been a, a, an important reason. Do you think that the, the baby's been let down? I think it's hard to say because um, without more information about the case, for example, what the risks mm. were that led to the child being taken into care, um, you know, it's difficult to know to what extent this was something that should have been foreseen. Um, and certainly it sounds as though it was you know, very dramatic and very unexpected. Locking uh, two adults in a, in a cupboard is certainly not usual behaviour. And it's the extent to which anybody should have been expected to have seen that or something similar coming. I suppose I, I'm trying to look at it from the, the parents' point of view. And if my boys had been taken off my wife and myself and we felt that we had been wronged in some way then we would do anything we could to get those kids back I suppose. Yeah and I think again it's a, a case of trying to understand um, the level of desperation yeah. that a particular set of parents are feeling and how they're likely to go about acting on that. Um, you know I mean in care proceedings you see some very dramatic events at court for example where um, you know people are facing the realisation that their children are being taken off them. Oh, it must be incredible wrench to have that happen. Oh yes and I mean I, you know I don't think anybody who hasn't been through it can can possibly imagine. Um, but equally, it's um, it's about people understanding that there's a process that they have to go through. Um, they have their opportunities to put their case forward within the proceedings. And obviously, measures like this are only likely to make the situation far, far worse. If they're still in northern Cyprus, that's it, isn't it? No extradition. There's nothing we can do. There are international child abduction uh, treaties, so to speak, um, around the world. Um, there's different ones depending whether countries are in Europe and uh, worldwide. Not all countries are signed up to them and that's where the problem lies. Um, with some countries there is a measure of judicial cooperation as well. Um, it really just depends on... Um, you know, on uh, on sort of what can be done and to what extent the case is pursued. Cara, it's, it's absolutely fascinating. I really appreciate your time this morning. Cara Nuttall, senior family lawyer at the firm Slater and Gordon. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. The Ice Bucket Challenge. Now, I missed this because I was away for a few days last week and I'd go, you, you mentioned it to me, Catherine, and yeah. I was like, what? The what? Well, you just started revving up last week, but right. it's really kind of, it's all over the We've shop. Had, I, I'm refusing to do it. You would, re you are, I, I nominate you. Are you refusing to do it? I don't like the pressure. Okay. Um, uh, but uh, Ros disagrees. She, she says the ice bucket challenge here in the UK is for Macmillan nurses and shame on you, Ian, for not doing it. Get out there with Catherine and her bucket. Well, well, <laughs> well, this is the thing. It isn't for Macmillan nurses. Haven't they hide, again, someone can fill me in on the details. This is the gossip I've heard, that they've, in inverted commas, hijacked it a little bit. Yeah. Macmillan nurses are cancer. Uh, they do a great job. Boy, oh boy, they did a great job when my dad was dying of cancer. Thank you. But, the, the, yes, the, they've been accused of hijacking what is... What was the motor neuron disease yeah. association's uh, thing? So that's true. That's weird, isn't it? Yeah, but didn't the same thing happen with the Stephen Sutton thing? 
the, 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 the young lad started yeah the other st- charities started to get on board I with suppose, that as well I suppose and I, I just I refuse to do it did she say did Ross say shame, shame on me shame on you yeah. no 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 we don't shame people for making choices like this it's not a shame thing I don't shouldn't think shouldn't be I don't think it should be Kelly I nominate you to do the ice bucket challenge will you do it I've already been nominated yeah um, I've, I've donated yeah and that's you're not going to do it Ros would say I've, shame on you but I've donated yeah but shame on you well, apparently so. I'm not. I'm not shaming you. Robin doesn't think it's a shame on you. What does Robin say? I agree with you about it being a waste of time. The way I understand it, if you don't do it, then you have to give money. But if you do it, you don't give. Really? Jill says uh, I agree with you guys. Challenges of, the, uh, of this ilk are like chain letters and bullying. I refuse the no make selfie, despite my mum dying from breast cancer. Uh, I give to cancer charities, but we can only be bullied into things by giving our consent. Uh, the worst yeah. thing is, Thank you, you, do, you feel that pressure, so you do it, and yeah. then you push it onto your friends. Really? I just had a, a waft of um, Eau de Kelly Betts. She's delicious. She smells wonderful today. Thanks. What the hell have you got on you? Just, uh, just natural. Links. Natural oh. uh, niceness. Wow, it smells great. You should bottle that and sell it. Thanks. Uh, Jeffrey's on the line. Morning, Jeffrey. Morning. What you got for us? Um, there's only three correct uses of bucket of ice. The first is if you're holding a garden party and you want to chill down your um, white wine or a G&T. The second is to um, calm down an excited dog. And the third is to wake John Wayne up after he's drunk too much Jim Bean, Jack Daniels or Wild Turkey. Other bourbon whiskies are available. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The northbound M1 is closed between 11 and 12, Dunstable up to Flitwick for investigation work after a serious accident in the early hours of this morning. Uh, we were told that there was uh, hopefully going to be a reopening at 7. That's not happened. In fact, I can see the closure point on camera and the cones are still out. Uh, as a result of the closure, long queues, a three-mile queue on the approach northbound. Southbound is very slow past the scene. Back of the queue is now before Junction 13. That's the Bedford turn all the way down past the accident. The official diversion route, if you're on the northbound M1, is through Houghton Regis and then through uh, Toddington to rejoin the M1 at Junction 12. That route really slow. Lots of drivers heading through Dunstable as well. Speed sensors show queues northbound uh, through Dunstable and uh, other routes may also be affected. Do keep us up to date on the usual number. Now the M25 anti-clockwise is slow. 17 down to 15. That's Maple Cross to the M4. Southbound A1M just spotted on the speed sensor. Slow passing Stevenage at uh, Junction 6 and uh, the trains, well unfortunately, still delays for services via Huntingdon because of problems with the overhead wires. Metropolitan Online, no service, Charlfont and Latimer to Chesham this morning because of a signal failure. James Wally, BBC Three Counters Radio. I've still not told you what the word petrichor means. It's a good one. It's a good I'll tell you in a second. Right now, though, 7.16, it's Tuesday the 26th of August. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A baby abducted from social services in Hertfordshire still hasn't been returned a year after the child was taken. Tributes have been paid online to a 16-year-old killed in a hit-and-run in Hemel Hempstead. And in football, it's a sell-out stadium MK for tonight's match, Milton Keynes-Dons versus Manchester United. Even I've heard of them. BBC Three Counties Radio. If you've missed any of the programmes from the last week, 
You've missed things like this. We've been talking in the studio about the language that people use around illness, chronic illness, things like cancer. I hope they play a, a clip from our show from yesterday. All again. people will have missed that. Someone dies, and oh. if their treatment doesn't work, Oops. it's because somehow they felt negative about having a severe illness. I guess they're not going to. E.co.uk slash three counties radio. And there is absolutely no evidence whatsoever that anybody's mental attitude has any bearing on how they recover allowing you to listen that wasn't us you missed bbc.co.uk slash three counties radio didn't use any of us we we primarily yesterday talked um about the uh, chunky monkey song and the in-betweeners too that was pretty chunky monkey delicious pretty much all we did yesterday uh we did some other things we didn't we talked about the man who had a moth in his ear for three days oh yeah a living moth in his ear for three days it was buzzing it was buzzing man and we play loads of music. Yeah. If you you can listen to that on the iPlayer. You can. Uh, if you uh, want. I mean you could if you wanted. Petrichor, do you know what it means? Petrichor. Hello, Petrichor. 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 P how would you say this? P E T R I C H O R. My sister sent me this and she is dead clever. Yeah, Petrichor. How would you what does it mean? Well I know what it means. You told me. Shall I spoil it? Oh did I? Yeah. No, play be, do the theatre. I have no idea what it means. It's it means the scent of rain on dry earth. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that beautiful? Put it in a sentence though. Hmm, nice petrichor. The the petrichor was heady. But the pe- after the night of heavy rain. But but well, no, because you're saying the petrichor, and petrichor means the scent of rain. So you're saying words you don't need to say. Wow, get a load of that petrichor. That's better. Hey, Candice, this is a good word, isn't it, petrichor? It is, it's brilliant. In and Widdishins, we're learning things today, Candice. This is very Rethian. It's, uh, we are informing, entertaining and uh, waffling. Is that the third one, Catherine? It can be, yeah. Yeah, why not? Candice, the Ice Bucket Challenge, yeah. while I, I'm not in any way knocking the charity, whichever charity it is, we don't quite know, um, I ain't doing it. Does that make me a grumpy bum? No, not at all. Not at all. If I got nominated, I wouldn't do it either. But this is why I've rang in. I'm just going to give you a little update on why, at the moment, the Ice Bucket Challenge is going. If you do Google it, you will find lots of other charities that have... I don't know if it's up to date, but there are other charities that have done it. Or Now, the reason why we're doing it now is that my 13-year-old daughter had, had informed me on this last night. I asked her. And the fact that she told me and she knew all about it, by what I'm hearing this morning is, there's obviously a lot of adults and mums and dads that don't even know why the children are doing it. Now, the Owls Charity, which is the motor neurone disease charity, this is the charity, the one charity at the moment, who is spearheading this ice bucket challenge. The point of it is, you throw the bucket of ice over you. Right. As you know, motor neurone disease is a degenerative disease. Yes. And at some point, you will slowly lose the sensations and the feelings in parts of your body. Right. The ice bucket challenge, Uh. that's meant to give you that tiny few seconds insight oh. of feeling numb and losing feeling and sensation. All, all of the videos I've seen, it's just people giggling. I'd imagine if you've got motor neurons disease, I'm sure you have a laugh at some point, but you're, you're not giggling when you have that numbness. Well, um, you're not, but I reckon that when you have that bucket of ice, why don't you have a go? If, no, when, I'm not doing it! But if that bucket of ice was thrown over you, you are surely guaranteed, even if you're laughing and having a jolly, you are guaranteed to feel some kind of numbness or... Um, but why do, I need, why do I need to feel that, to have empathy with someone uh, 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 who has the condition? I don't need to feel it. No. 
I think what it's doing is, let's face it, it's highlighting the charity. We're talking about it now. But, but And we are talking about it now, and that's great, and that bit's working. But, but I don't know if you heard Justin earlier on. He was speaking to loads of people who'd uh, done it, or their family had done it, and they didn't have a clue what it was for. So it, it, in that respect, it's failing, isn't it? Well, of course, of course, in that respect, it is failing. But, example, I'm asking my daughter, who's only 13, that's done the Ice Bucket Challenge last night, and she was very aware on why well, she's done her. it. Well, now, the deal is, the deal is, yep. if you get nominated, yep. this is what I'm told by my daughter, if you get nominated and yep. you refuse to do it, yeah. then that's when you're supposed to give this small amount to the charity. I don't want to. Why should I, why should I be bullied into giving to a charity that I'm, I'm it, while I think is doing a great deal of work I have no personal connection with? Well, if that's your choice, and yeah. if you don't want to, that's great. If you don't want to, that is great. Yeah. But as we, I just said, the fact that we are and yeah. other people are talking about this charity at the moment because I wonder how many people have given because they haven't done the challenge or just because it's only raised a quarter of a million pounds. It's not a lot of money in the great scheme of things. Um, maybe not, but quarter of a million is better than nothing, you know. Candice, I've got to end it there, but thank you very much indeed. So that's the way it works, Catherine. If you don't do it and you're nominated, you, you've got to give money. Well, I don't want to. Gosh, and now I sound like I'm, I'm slagging off motor neurone disease, which in a way I am, it's a terrible thing. I'm not slagging off the charity. I just, I don't, I have charities that I give to and that I do stuff for, and I don't want to be bullied into giving one I have no personal connection no, with. I don't appreciate the emotional blackmail. Uh, and let me stay again, because there'll be people who aren't hearing this. I wish them the very, very best of luck. I'm sure they do cracking work, but I've got other, my, my eyes are looking in other directions. Oh, what? wait, 455 Thanks very much indeed. Now, this week is part of the BBC Three Counties Big Tour. We're in Aylesbury, where uh, one man has got some uh, unusual plans to save the old police station from demolition. Jonathan Gilpin is offering to buy the building and turn it into a themed restaurant. Jonathan joins me now. Morning, Jonathan. Morning. Come a little bit closer to the microphone. Uh, so why do you want... We'll get to what the theme is in a second. Why do you want to buy this, this station, the old police station? Well, the council want to um, knock it down to make way for new modern buildings... Uh, but initially a temporary car park. Oh, nice. And, classy. <laughs> and uh, these buildings are quite iconic in Aylesbury, and a lot of people uh, recognise them when they drive into the town. They're right before you. And um, I think there's a, there's a lot of life left in them. Mm. Um, I actually looked at purchasing them prior to the council purchasing them um, and turning them into something like the Crazy Bear or uh, Malmaison, where, where you, you, you're harmonising an old historic use with a, with a, a modern functional use. Yeah. Uh, but you've, you've come up with a theme. Yeah, well, the theme sort of evolved. Right. Um, originally, I was, I was thinking of um, having, trying to keep it as much like a police station as possible, yeah. but having a restaurant in it. Uh, but Ronnie Briggs, uh, Ronnie Briggs, sorry, was actually held there when oh. he was uh, arrested for the for the Great Train robbery. Yeah. So I thought, well, keep the cells, have the, keep the cells there, oh, have the hatch open, and have a cardboard cutout of Ronnie Briggs sat in the cell or yeah. stood in the cell, uh, and that would be a, a great feature on the way to the toilets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and this kind of evolved into. Um, the, the Ronnie Biggs theme when it's been reported in the Books so, Herald and so on. So, so it, would be, it would be themed around the Great Train Robbery? Well, it would be themed around the, the old Buckinghamshire Constabu- right. Constabulary, which was an independent 
police force yeah. um, before it actually became amalgamated to create Thames Valley Police. Um, and I think the Great Train Robbery is obviously one of it, one of the more famous crimes that, that they dealt with. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you couldn't really leave that out. It, it, it's got to be included in, in some way. Do you know what? I like the idea of having cells in a restaurant because one of the worst things is when you've got kids <laughs> running around being little so-and-sos and you can give them like two warnings and on the third warning they go in the cell for half an hour yeah that would be awesome <laughs> so where are you in the plans because the, 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 the this is all being redeveloped now is it too late for this to, um, to happen it's not too late until they've been knocked down right in my view yeah um the councillor currently going out to tender to find a, a demolition company to do the demolition and they're they're sort of going full steam ahead what i've been trying to do is is raise public awareness and, and raise public support because um most people i've actually spoken to aren't actually aware that the police stations are going to be demolished yeah so i the more people that are aware of it and the more people that contact the council and so on um it really does make a difference but i've i've approached the council um and basically said if if, if the best that you can come up with for this site is to create because knocking down this building will actually only create about seven car park spaces out of a 90 space car park really so, so they can still keep an 80 space car park yeah. and the building and have the uh, the venue open so to me from a business background this, yeah. this is a no-brainer you yeah. know this is actually better use of taxpayers money because spending seven hundred and fifty thousand pound um to demolish a building to create seven spaces that you can get a pound an hour for mm isn't really good business sense whereas um keeping the building keeping the car park that's bringing more money into the town and, and surely so they should be encouraging as well you know the the death of the high street you know the local industry small businesses are, are you know not doing particularly well surely they should be encouraging someone like you who's who's got a plan that's something a little bit different yeah i think um the council are really keen to get a lot of national um uh, uh, venues in so so we've recently got Wagamamas has come to Ellsbury and Nando's and so on and so forth well you've, you've just named two excellent restaurants by the way I'm a big fan of the Wagamamas yeah. but yet you don't want another Starbucks or a Costa or something correct popping well up there. I, th I think really what you want is both you want things that are unique to Ellsbury yeah. and you also want the, 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 the places that people know and love and um, otherwise you end up in a situation where each town is much the same as another town and um, and these buildings are are unique to Aylesbury, and um, and you know they they were built in the early 1930s, and um, you know it's 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 part of mm. the image of the town, and and I think most people would, would like to see them stay, and I think that the general feedback from people is that if this was turned into a restaurant, they would visit, they would spend money there, it would it would be something they would like to see. Uh, have you run a restaurant before? No. Ah, you know it's quite difficult, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it looks easy, but it's quite tri tricky well, to do. You know, life is difficult. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, Jonathan, listen, keep in touch. Let's know how it goes. I wish you the best of luck. I do like it when I'm a big fan of when you when banks get turned. Oh, banks get turned into Pizza Express and stuff like that. I think it looks great. Yeah, because th that's one of the joys of somewhere like Pizza Express. It's a chain, but they're all built in these wonderful. The majority of them built on these wonderful old buildings, and it's, there's a bit of history there mm. when you go in. Yeah. it sounds like a cracking plan, Jonathan. Thank you very much for coming in. Thank I wish you. you the best of luck. Your thoughts on that, please. Oh eight four five nine four double five. Five double five. Let's get the travel news now, shall we? Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Thanks, Ian. Well, the northbound M1 stays closed between 11 and 12. Dunstable to Flitwick after a serious accident at around 1 o'clock this morning. Investigation work continues. The closure very much still in place, we can see on camera. And there's a long queue on the approach. It's slow for about three miles, we can see on the sensors and cameras. There is a diversion route. You're asked to follow the hollow triangle uh, symbol onto the A505 uh, through Dunstable, then out through Houghton Regis onto the A5120 via Toddington to rejoin the M1 at Junction 12. Southbound past the scene, by the way, really slow congestion from Junction 13 at least. Uh, that's the Bedford turn-off. And the uh, alternative routes, well, the diversion route's very slow, including the 505. Really slow on the northbound A5 through Dunstable. Plenty of drivers, I think, coming off the M1 at Junction 9, heading up through Dunstable this morning. And also delays on the A6 at Clophill, just spotted on the speed sensors, north and southbound. Southbound A1 at Black Cat, usual congestion into the roadworks. Southbound A1M at Stevenage, really slow if you're heading towards London. And the M25 anti-clockwise in patches, slow from 20 round towards 15. Thanks for your calls. East Coast uh, mainline still disrupted because of those problems with the overhead wires between Peterborough and Huntingdon. First Capital Connect say only 15-minute delays now. And on the Metropolitan Line, no service Chalfons and Latimer to Chesham because of a signal failure. James Wally, BBC Three Counters Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. At 7.30, I'm Jane Killick. Hertfordshire County Council says it isn't reviewing the way that children in care can meet their parents despite the abduction of a baby the local authority was looking after. The baby's natural father took the child to northern Cyprus with the mother. Tributes have been paid online to a teenager who was killed by a hit-and-run driver in Hemel Hempstead. 16-year-old Fazan Ahmed died from his injuries on Sunday evening. A man from Aylesbury is fighting to preserve an historic building which he wants to turn into a great train robbery restaurant. Jonathan Gilpin has offered to buy the old police station but the council plans to demolish it as part of the town centre redevelopment. The weather becoming brighter and drier. On to football and MK Dons play the biggest game in their 10-year history tonight as they host Manchester United in the League Cup second round. It's a sellout at Stadium MK with more than 29,000 tickets sold. Manager Carl Robinson says the match should be dedicated to chairman Pete Winkleman. The chairman's what he's done at his football club. The, the game is purely and simply for him. I want to, Whatever happens, the, he deserves the game to be dedicated to him. He's the person that I am over the moon for. The fact he's got this opportunity in a stadium that he was criticised for, that he'll never fill, he was told. It's too big, you will never fill it. Watford are also in League Cup action against Doncaster at Vicarage Road this evening. Goalkeeping coach Alec Chamberlain says it might be an opportunity to rotate the squad and play some of those on the fringe of the first team, including Lloyd Dyer. We're very fortunate with the amount of players and the amount of quality that we've got. Not everybody is going to be involved week in, week out. So, you know, Lewis McGoogan's not been in the squad again as well. And... Uh, uh, Sean Murray's not involved again today, so it's not just Lloyd. I'm sure Lloyd you know, and those other players will probably be involved on Tuesday. In the Conference South, none of our teams secured a victory. There were losses for Hemel Hempstead and St Albans and nil-nil draws in the matches involving Bishop Stortford and Boreham Wood. In the Southern Premier, Hitchin beat Arsley 2-0, Dunstable beat Biggleswade 1-0, there was a win for Chesham and a two-all draw for Burnham. BBC Three Counties News and Sport. The next bulletin is at eight. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. It's Paul Ross's brother. Oh, I'm sorry, Catherine. Are you a bored 15-year-old girl? No, I've got a splinter. Hey, can I suck it out? I got it. Oh, get another one. I'll suck it out. Uh, I love splinters. 
I do. I really love a split. It's exciting. Oh, there's a tiny, tiny, tiny little bit of wood in my skin. It's in my body. Better on someone else, though. Yeah. What happens if you don't get it out? Your finger drops off. No, because sometimes... It works its way down into your system and it will pierce your heart. She's a mum. She, know, she knows that. That's yeah. a fact. Like chewing gum. If you eat chewing gum... You grow an apple tree in your kidney. Yeah. My favourite thing is when a splinter's really deep and you have to get a pin. You have to tease it out. Mm-hmm. And I love doing it on the kids. Tease and squeeze. Because the kids hate it. They hate it, but they kind of love it in the same yeah, way when you show them how big it was. And they it keep pulling their hand away. Why do kids always get them? Like, I haven't had one for years. They're not, they're not wood trained. Oh, that's true. I'm, I'm wood trained these days. Catherine, you wood trained? I thought I was. I'm clearly not. There's wood training happening um, next week. Right. My house. Too late for me. No. Thank you so much for calling. Never too late for wood training. Oh wait, four five nine four double five five double five is the phone number. Um, the the ice bucket challenge. I do think uh, I am refusing to do it, guys. So please don't nominate me. Uh, and I know that some of you are upset and offended that I'm refusing to do well, it. Oh, you've had a couple of shame on news. Yeah, and I'm not going to give any money. Um, because it's, it, listen, it's a great... Again, please don't think I'm knocking the charity. Some of you will not hear what I'm saying. Not knocking the charity in the slightest. It's just not a charity that I'm, I am concerned with well, at the moment. We've had some more texts, one of which is from James in uh, Dunstable. ALS has raised nearly 80 million. Not sure where you're getting your facts from. Justin Dealey is where we're getting our facts from. <laughs> MND is just the UK. Well, that's the thing. It's, we're talking about the UK. Yeah. So has the UK thing just raised quarter of a million pounds? That's what we believe. We collect uh, with... Uh, this is David and Lil in Marsh Farm. We co- oh, we've, I've met them. Mm. We collect with our fair... I'm sorry, I'm sorry, uh, David, that you've uh, met... Fair stroke Catherine. street organ for a deaf children's charity, Auditory Verbal UK, and in four years we've donated over £7,600, says David and Lil in Marsh Farm. And, and I, I, I don't quite know... Well, well done. Great charity. I don't quite know what the point is. Don't quite know what the point is there. Well, I mean, that charity for them is their is their charity. It's their charity, right. and um, because they have a granddaughter who's um, who's profoundly. I dead. think you you. This is the way I think you should pick your charity. If if it if when you hear about it or read about it, it hits you there, then that's good. Or if you've got you know a personal connection, maybe your mum or your nan or your brother or your son or your daughter has that condition, then those. I'm not going to do it just because it's popular. But it is a personal choice, and suddenly yes. it's becoming everyone's business. Yes, it's a, it's a. Per- well done, Obama. That must have been tough think, for Obama. I don't think the time is right for him to be no effectively messing about. No, good for him to good for him for saying no. Oh wait, for, are we being miserable? Oh wait, we'll go to the Facebook in a little bit and look, look, look what you're saying. Oh wait, four five nine four double five five double five. Not taking part in the ice bucket challenge. Um... And I probably won't... Well, I won't be giving any money to that charity. Does that make me cold? Not as cold as if I'd done the ice bucket challenge. Oh, wait, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Mm-hmm. Now... Sad story, a Hemel teenager has died after a hit-and-run in the town on Friday. 16-year-old Fazan Ahmed was taken to St Mary's Hospital in London, but passed away on Sunday night. Well, Detective Inspector Sam Karner is from the Bedfordshire, Cambridgeshire and Hertfordshire Major Crime Unit. Sam, did I get your last name right? You did, yes, thank uh, you. Thank you very much indeed. Now, it's a terribly sad uh, event. What, what happened on Friday? What do we know? Well, as you said, it was a terribly sad event. Um, Fazan uh, had been at a family birthday party um, in the Estates before going out to play football. Um, this happened on Jupiter Drive uh, near to the junction of Apollo Way at around 8.25 on Friday the 22nd of August. Um, he was hit by a car as he went across the road. 
which caused him to sustain serious head injuries and sadly he died as a result of those injuries on Sunday afternoon. Uh, the offending vehicle stopped briefly a short distance away um, and then drove off again. Uh, witnesses have described a light blue Ford Focus but given that it was getting dark we haven't ruled out that it could have been a car of similar colour uh, and size. Uh, so you say that the car stopped and I... I does it sound like they, they, they would have known they hit someone or hit something, wouldn't they? They would have. I have no doubt they would have known they've, they've hit something. It would have been a, a fairly uh, sizeable collision. Um, they've stopped uh, a short distance away but not made any attempt to go to aid oh. the victim uh, and just decided to drive off at that point. And there's probably damage to the car as well, I would imagine. Yes, certainly. We've had uh, the road crash investigators looking at the scene and uh, judging by the skid marks that have been found, uh, they've estimated the vehicle would have been travelling between 30 to 40 miles an hour uh, and didn't have ABS brakes. Um, numerous factors which could affect um, what damage is sustained, including sort of the, the make or the age of the vehicle, but travelling at that speed, we would estimate that there'll be a, a cracked number plate, a dented bonnet, um, possibly damage to the windscreen, we have found glass at the scene, mm. but at this stage we're unable to confirm whether that is from the offending vehicle. So if anybody, uh, you know, that's a member of their family has turned up and has got a damaged car or has tried to hide the car or, or, or maybe a garage has, has, you know, been approached to, to fix something like this on a blue car, uh, they should get in touch with you? Yeah, absolutely. I'd, I'd firstly like to appeal to the driver of the vehicle. Um, a young life has been lost as a result of your actions, and it may well have been that this was a tragic accident, but we need to establish what happened so Fazan's family, devastated family, can deal with their loss. Um, it, as you say, it's likely their driver would have been affected by this incident and may be acting differently. So if you've noticed that a friend or family's vehicle has sustained recent damage or you witnessed such a vehicle on or since Friday, um, we'd like to hear from you, and this obviously applies to anyone that's been asked to repair a vehicle uh, matching our description. And if people want to get in touch with you, Sam, 101, is that the best way? Yeah, 101 is the uh, the general number. Our incident room number uh, is 01707 355 959. Uh, well, listen, keep in touch. I wish you the best of luck with that. It's, it's uh, very, very sad, and um, you can't even begin to imagine what the family are going through. Thank you. It's Detective Inspector Sam Carner from Bedfordshire, Cambridgeshire, and Hertfordshire Major Crime Unit, if you know anything about that. Um, it happened on uh, in the Jupiter Drive area. Then uh, dial 101 and uh, they'll be able to put you in touch with the right people. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. You've got the incident room number, have yeah, you, uh, if, yeah, if, Boyle? Yeah, so if you need that, we've got that here. 01707 355 OK, all right. Um, I'll have a look at the, 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 the and I, I, I'm struck by the front page of The Sun today. Not just because Rita Ora is on there. Man alive, she's got a real aura about her. I'm in aura of that woman. OK, yeah, we get it. I, I'd, it'd be Rita nice to meet her. <laughs> Lovely Rita meter maid. She's all right. I basically, I, I fancy Rita. I don't know who she do, is or what she does. I mean, she's a singer. I've never heard it. But I don't, I don't care. You done? Not yet. Uh, later. So now, what else is on the front page? Well, the front page of The Sun. It's an incre- this is an incredible story. Right. There was that um, story about, what was the, the, the Thai baby? can't remember his name. Anyway, the, the Australian uh, paedophile who um, had uh, children with a surrogate mum in Thailand and he only took one, he didn't want the one with Downs. Mm. He was a paedophile, that guy. 
a weird story. Anyway, don't, if you felt that you couldn't connect with that story because it was so far away, it's happening in Britain. Exclusive. Brit mum tells her surrogate. Are you ready, guys? You can keep the disabled twin. <gasps> a British surrogate mum of twins has kept one of the babies after the intended mother rejected the child because she was disabled. The woman who took the healthy boy twin referred to his sister as oh, a cabbage. The surrogate mum said, I couldn't believe what I was hearing. Full story, page four and five. My heart is just sinking with every word. I don't want a dribbling cabbage, rant oh, at birth mother. Oh. Shall I carry on? I, I'm going to a little bit, I'm sorry. A surrogate mum told yesterday how she's raising a disabled baby girl as her own. After the intended mum said, it'll be a dribbling cabbage. <gasps> The child, one of twins the mum gave birth to for a couple in a £12,000 agreement. £12,000? Was born with a severe muscular condition, congenital myotonic dystrophy. The couple took the healthy boy and rejected his poorly sister after an astonishingly callous phone conversation. Let me just read one more bit and this is horrible and then we'll talk about it. The surrogate mum who we're calling Jenny, uh, said, I'll never forget what she said on the phone. I remember her saying to me, she'd be an effing dribbling cabbage. Who would want to adopt her? No one would want to adopt a disabled child. I think I'd be tempted to give them the 12 grand back and keep both children. Well, I don't know. How, I don't know the laws and rules of surrogacy. I don't think you can't do that, can, how you? can you? How can you hand over a healthy child to someone like that? Who's got that attitude? Yeah. There's so mu- there's so much wrong with this story, right? I don't I don't get. I don't know how it would get to that point. I don't really understand how it would get to that point. Surely, if you're carrying a baby for someone else, you would check. There'd be there'd be more scans, wouldn't there? Because you you're. I mean, let's be ca- let's be cold about this because it's a, it's a business transaction. You're su- supplying them with a product. I don't understand surrogacy. I don't quite get. Um, Elton John uh, surrogate kids with it. I don't quite understand how you get your head around another lady giving birth well, to your kids. a stranger. I, there was a certain point in my life when I offered... What? To, yeah. Um, a wow. close fa- family member of mine was having difficulty and I remember saying to her, if it comes to it, I would carry the baby for wow. you. Wow. Yeah. And had you, I'm assuming you, you thought long and hard about yeah. saying that. It didn't just come out I did, one night. and I spoke to my husband about it. And I have to say, he, he said to me, I would feel odd about you carrying someone else's you know another man's child effectively and it would be would it have been completely their baby mm. so the woman's bits and the man's bits would have made I the guess, baby in- i guess so but i also said i'd donate eggs i mean it was wow um how would you cope with that mentally though yeah so you have a baby a baby passes through you yeah there you go there you go there you have that and you hand it over I, I would have to do that gosh you surprise me every day catherine and that's one of the biggest Thankfully, he didn't come to it. Yeah, but you would have done it. I would have done it, yeah. And then what if they had said, uh, do you know what, we'll have that one, but that one's a little bit... Mm, um. No, but it wouldn't happen. It was, a, you know, it was a really close family member. You say it wouldn't happen. I mean, I, I, it's hard to tell, isn't it? People... I don't want a dribbling cabbage. I don't know what to... I just... I don't know what to say about it, really. Obviously, it's rot. Well... Do you think that person's wrong? I'm, I'm saying obviously it's wrong. Maybe there'll be someone listening and go, well, actually, do you know what? If, if that situation happens to me, I would leave the disabled one behind. I wouldn't want to adopt a disabled child. I've had the, maybe there's someone who's been in the position of being offered a disabled child to adopt and they went, do you know what? No, nah, not for me. I don't think so. Yeah, are they within their rights to make that decision? 
I, I guess, oh gosh, I guess if I was given a choice, you're in a, you're in a home and there's one child who is not disabled and one who is disabled, I'm going to say it, aren't I? I would pick the non-disabled child, I guess. But perhaps you would express it in a slightly less callous oh, way you from would, what's being reported. Yeah. You know what, we're only getting one side of the story yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. 08459, it's, it's fascinating, isn't it? 08459, I, I'm not sure what there is to say about that, but your thoughts, please. 08459, 455, 555, and also the Ice Bucket Challenge. Am I being cold? Am I being callous by saying, you know the Ice Bucket Challenge? I am having absolutely nothing to do with it. In fact, in fact, I think it's a little bit like bullying. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The northbound M1 is still closed between 11 and 12. Dunstable to Flithick after a serious accident earlier this morning and uh, the closure is causing some long queues. Northbound, uh, there's a three-mile-plus queue on the approach. Southbound past the scene, very slow from before Junction 13. Bedford down past the scene of the accident. The official diversion route for the northbound M1 closure is through Dunstable and Houghton Regis to rejoin, uh, and Toddington to rejoin the M1 at Junction 12. That route really slow on the A505 and the A5 through Dunstable. And uh, if you're on the A1 southbound, that's slow towards Black Cats. A1M is slow southbound passing Stevenage, we've seen on the speed sensors. And the anti-clockwise M25 slow in patches from 21A round towards Junction 16 for the M40. East Coast mainline disruption through uh, Cambridgeshire because of the problems with the overhead wires. Problems being sorted out, but still delays on East Coast and First Capital Connect. And the Metropolitan Line suspended, Chalfont and Latimer to Chesham because of a signal failure. James Worley, BBC Three Counters Radio. Thank you, James. 7.46, it's Tuesday the 26th of August Hey, my sister's going to see Kate Bush this <gasps> evening I'm so jealous, does she want a special friend to go? Me um, Yeah. When I say special friend, I mean stranger Who will be her friend just for one night Okay, f- Joe, tell Ivan not to bother uh, Catherine's going to go instead, is that alright? It'll be alright Men don't really get Kate Bush No, nah, it'll be alright, I know Joe really It'll be fine, it'll be fine, I'll sort it It's oh, sorted, you're going to see Kate Bush tonight oh, Excellent, I'll buy they, a new top Do they want to smuggle in a, a small child? Me Joe, you know your ticket Can you give that to Kelly Betts? It'll be, so, I, I, it'll be fine Sweet. So my sister's not going You're both going to go and see Kate Bush tonight Amazing. That's so cool isn't it guys Wow I'm envious 7.47 It's Tuesday the 26th of August These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio Hertfordshire County Council isn't changing procedure After a baby it was looking after Was abducted by the parents The family of a 16 year old boy Killed in a hit and run in Hemel Hempstead Say they're devastated by his death And a man is trying to save the old police station In Aylesbury and turn it into a Police themed restaurant Let's get the weather Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. Well, I'm afraid we've got more rain to come throughout the course of the morning. Some of us have had a dry start, but others perhaps some heavy rain around. And this heavy rain is going to come and go for a time and uh, sink southwards as it does so. So we're not out of the woods just yet. Later on this afternoon, though, it should have disappeared southwards. We'll get some drier spells and maybe even a glimmer of sunshine before it sets uh, just before 8 o'clock tonight. So the maximum temperature likely to get up to around 18 Celsius. Now it will be clear overnight which will mean slightly fresher than the night we've just had. Feeling quite chilly. Minimum down to between 10 and 12 Celsius but it does lead the way to a fine and dry start tomorrow morning. More sunshine around, perhaps some cloud in the afternoon but the maximum temperature for Wednesday 21 Celsius. And that's your forecast. Chugging Muggy Delicious. Every weekday morning. It went 
pinged. Did it ping again? It did about about a week later. It went ping again. Jonathan Vernon-Smith. I just don't know where or what to do now. I went to speak to this retailer who had told Sue that because the sofa was out of its 12-month guarantee, they didn't have any liability. Well, we all know that's rubbish, don't we? The JVS Show fights for your rights. Jonathan and I have got the whitest, cleanest overhead door available. Listen, I'm going to thank your credit card very much for getting things sorted out and any other problems, you know where we are. Thank you so much for everything. It took me seven months to sort it out. You've done it in two weeks. The JVS Show, weekdays from nine on BBC Three Counties Radio. Football's coming home, it's coming home. It's the football game with the balls and the men and the nets. Who will you be supporting in tonight's sellout match at the Stadium MK? I will be supporting whatever team you tell me to support because I like football that much. United, got to be United. No, no I will be. No. Dons. Uh, come on, the Dons. Come, come on, the Dons. So it's a football game. It's a football game. Game. Well, that means he scored a goal, he saved a goal. It's a football game, it's a football game. That means a goalkeeper go- and attack, attacker up in front. The referee's in black, he is a character. Come on, the reds, come on, the blues. It's a football game. Boom, boom. That's beautiful. I wrote that, I haven't sung that for about 12 years. I've still got it. I made my own football chart. What have you done for the beautiful sport? Uh, well, mm-hmm. I will be not talking to you, possibly. I think that's the rule now because oh. I'm a Mancunian hey. and one of the hey, rare Mancunians hey, who, who supports United. Hey, um, I am supposed to not talk to you now because you're going to be you're supporting right, the MK yeah. Dons. What's, what's wrong? I'm just getting over the song. It's good enough. Yeah. It's good enough. I wrote that. Right, football chant. It's not easy writing a football chant. Yeah, it didn't take off, did it? Have Sorry? you ever tried to start a football chant? Uh, no, but I've tried to start a spontaneous round of applause. I've done it a few times. I've done it... Yeah. That happened a few times where it didn't take, but I've done it as well. I did it I did it in, like, a show, and it was not an appropriate moment to applaud. <laughs> but I got a spontaneous round of applause going. If you do it... Yeah, we go. Hey! Spontaneous round of applause. And by the way, if anyone wants to spontaneously uh, phone up and spontaneously start a round of applause, 08459 455555. Clever. Uh, the reason we're talking soccer, well, I love the game. It's one of my favourite sports. I've got a scarf, a hat and a poster of a football team. But almost 30,000 fans will be packed into Stadium MK tonight for the biggest football match in the world in Milton Keynes since MK Dons were formed uh, 10 years ago. Manchester United are going to be there. I've heard of them. They're in town for a League Cup second round tie against the Dons, who moved to Milton Keynes as Wimbledon. So a real money spinner for the club and its chairman, Pete Winkleman, although a little of the gloss might be removed as replica home shirts for MK fans won't have arrived from suppliers Sondico. Oh, no! They've not had a good year, have they? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Sondico, they're, they're actually based in Milton Keynes, and so I want to continue to give them the benefit of the doubt. They've actually grown incredibly quickly over the last couple of years, and I think that what we're seeing is the you know, the problems associated with a company being very successful. Um, So um, I want to try and give them the benefit of the doubt, although, as you'll hear from other people in the club that actually on the the receiving end Mm. of not receiving those orders in time, uh, maybe they'll feel a little bit differently. But as I say, they're based in Milton Keynes, and I know they'll get it right for us, uh, hopefully in time for the game. Yeah. Do you know what the issue is? Just problems there end somewhere? I I, I mean, again, they manufacture these things all over the world, uh, and as I say, they've grown really 
really fast as a company. And when we first got involved with them, literally when they opened up in Milton Keynes, they are, in, just in the last two years, have become a much, much more successful company than that, dealing with a lot more kits and a lot more clubs. Um, they do still try to give us the priority. Um, other teams associated with them have equally had the problems if not worse Um, but it happens and and, and again what you've all found with me is I'm a real pragmatist and I know Milton Keynes is a very pragmatic place and we'll deal with it it's not the end of the world when they come we'll get them and we'll make sure that the colour and everything they bring to the stadium will be worthwhile well there you go that was MK Don's chairman uh, Pete Winkleman talking to our sports editor Jeff Doyle on the line line now I'm joined by Adam Fairs who chairs MK Don's supporters association this is a, a bit of a dream match, isn't it, Adam? Oh, it certainly is, Ian. It's, um, it's fantastic. I think everyone was leaping up and down in the air last week when, uh, or a couple of weeks ago when it was um, drawn from the, from the hat. It was you know, definitely the, the draw everybody wants. Uh, I would imagine the demand for tickets was pretty intense. How did people go around securing they'd get one? Um, well, my wife went up on Friday afternoon to get the tickets for Chesterfield because we went to the Chesterfield away game and uh, she came back about four and a half hours later with, oh. with the tickets for Man United. So I think, you know, people just went about queuing and, uh, you know, and it was all done in, you know, really in good spirits, you know. So uh, It's come at the right time as well, hasn't it? The, the stadium capacity has increased. A lot of people said, well, that was a, a risk, a risk that looks like it's going to pay off. Yeah, I, I, I can't see the risk. I mean, the... the um, the thing is that when we play the big games, the, the stadium is full. I mean, look at the first time we played AFC. Um, you know, the stadium was full. We've got, you know, we've, obviously there's, Pete's built that stadium for other events as well. And the rugby, the rugby, you know, from Northampton have filled it. That's a, a long-established club. And uh, you get the big games. You know, we can host the fact that we could host however many it was, 8,000 from Coventry um, last season. You know, it's, it's a fantastic facility and 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 the club will only grow that's the that's the exciting thing now listen seriously what are the chances well we've got every chance we've got we, we have go. got this Come year on. we have got a cracking set of players and they're really focused and and there's a there's a different aura about the club now there's a the the players are very focused i think in the past we've we've been too nice as a team you know we've you know we've welcomed people to the stadium we've you know we've we've made them feel at home they all get padded seats and all that sort of stuff and, and I think that's kind of been the same on the pitch as well, you know. So I think this time there's a bit more steel. There's a bit more, you know, we've got some really strong players at the back, McFadden and Kay. Um, and, you know, we've got the world's supply of strikers now as well. I mean, granted, it's not Robin Van Persie, but, you know, we, you know we've got um, Grig and Benica Fobi And, uh, you know, we, we've got a, a really good team this year. So but we can only win from this game. That's the great thing. You know, if we lose 10-0, it doesn't matter. Yeah. We look at, if, if we get all those people into the stadium and, they're, you know, the, the people from Milton Keynes and, and the surrounding area, and this is the first time they've been, then, you know, hopefully we'll put on a good show tonight. The team will play well. And if a proportion of those guys come back uh, and support us through the year, then, then that's what we want, really. Adam, listen, I wish you the best of luck. If you win tonight, very much. I'll speak to you tomorrow. If we Perfect. don't, we'll, we'll pretend it never happened, all right? <laughs> Have a cracking night. I'm sure it's going to be uh, absolutely wonderful there. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, Adam Fairs there from uh, chairs the MK Dons Supporters Association. Now, I don't like football, but even I would find that quite exciting. I'd find that quite exciting.
Would you? Yeah, I would, actually. Oh, shame it's sold out. Jack, uh, Jack the Giant Killer. No. Jonah and the Whale. No. Um, Samson and Delilah. No. Uh, the Wolf from Gladiators. No. David. And Goliath. Mm-hmm. It's a real um, David and uh, Jet from the Gladiators story, isn't it? It really is. Wowzers. Well, best. wouldn't it be funny if they won? So, sometimes small clubs can win against big clubs, especially yeah. if you're playing FIFA. Because United will put kids out. Will they? Mm. What? Well, they're not going to waste good... Pl- I mean, uh, obviously they are sizable opponents, Milton Keynes. Is dogs, that how it works in football? If I they're playing a game like that, they won't take it seriously, man, you, and they'll, they'll just put out, you know... Sure, they'd argue that they take every game seriously, yeah. but uh, we'll see the lineup. Got a runny nose, Kels? Yep. Mm. You? I had a runny nose when She's we She's had- got a Jake Bug, because she met Jake Bug. Has he got a bug named after him? I don't get it. I got a runny nose when the fella came in to talk about the police-themed restaurant. I don't know why. My nose is fine. It is now, but I've had a runny nose. It's gone now. Kelly's still got one? No, it's actually gone. Your turn soon. OK. Well, now we've got all our nasal status. Can we move on? <laughs> nasal status. Do you want some... Yes. Texies? Let me just read uh, a tweet from Carpet Martin. You get your Texies all up and ready to go. By the way, my sister says you can have those tickets. Oh, sweet. So if you go and meet her outside, I don't know, where is it? The Hammersmith Odium. Could she pick us up and take us there? I mean, she's given you her tickets. Yeah. I'm sure it'd be fine, yeah. We're going to be dressed oh, as excellent. Babushka. We're going to need some escorts. So. Carpet yeah, Martin yeah. Said, said, I was nommed for the ice bucket challenge. That's what the unfriend button is for, isn't it? Only an idiot hole would do it. Oh. Oh. Mm. And there was an email. Get, sorry, we'll get to those texts. There's an email from uh, Paul Scoynes. On top of all that... Oh. On top of all that, the charity in the UK says other charities have been hijacking the craze. Yeah, I know. We know that, Paul, mate. Thank you. Ten minutes after the event. Catherine. Macmillan Cancer accused of hijacking the ice bucket challenge. Yeah, we know. We mentioned, didn't we? Yeah, we mentioned And that, actually, it's sort of reflected in, on Facebook, if you want to have a look at the Facebook, but I was going to tell you about Texas. Go on then, mate. Texas go like this. Um, this is a delightful one from Stephen St Albans. Uh, Ian, splinters. Let them get a bit of fest around them. And then pop them out. Great feeling. Wow, Steve, Festa. It's a word you don't hear every day. Thank goodness. Uh, Tony, it's not sad or disrespectful in choosing not to do the ice bucket charity... uh bucket for charity. No one will pressure me into doing a stunt that I don't want to do. No. The bucket challenge annoys me, just like the selfie photos or the photo crash where people hijack a photo. Photo bombing. Photo, photo, photo crash. crash. All right, granddad. Don't jump on the bandwagon. Oh, crash Tony. my phone. The old-fashioned version of photo bombing, of course, was the, the rabbit ears. Yeah. People still do I like the rabbit ears. I still do it. It's fun, the rabbit ears, isn't it? No. It's just a bit rubbish. Hey, you got rabbit. You could have rabbit ears. Mm? You're getting them next time we do a photo. Yeah, totes. Oh, let's do a photo now of our T-shirts. <laughs> Promise we won't rabbit ears you. Oh, Promise. I was trying to... Yes, I see it. Yeah! Yes. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The northbound M1 is still closed between 11 and 12. It's been closed since around 10 to 2 this morning between Dunstable and Flittig for accident investigation work. There's a long queue from before Junction 10A, Luton Airport northbound. Southbound is slow moving from just south of Junction 14, Milton Keynes, because of drivers looking at the uh, opposite carriageway in the accident location. Uh, the diversion route through Dunstable, Houghton Ridges and Toddington, very slow, especially the A5 north of Dunstable, really heavy if you're using that as an alternative route. Southbound A1M is slow, passing Stevenage, M25 Delays anti-clockwise from the M1 to the M40. James Woolley, BBC, Three Counters Radio. Thank you very much. We're about to take a picture of ourselves wearing our excellent um, Mystery of Abbott's Langley Fire Brigade T-shirts made by Scott Balcony. Thank you, Scott, although I, I did pay for them. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio.
It's eight o'clock. I'm Jane Killick. The headlines. No review of policies in Hertfordshire after a baby in care was abducted. Teenager killed in a hidden run in Hemel Hempstead. And the Aylesbury man who wants to open a great train robbery restaurant. BBC Three Counties Radio. A father who took a baby being looked after by social services in Hertfordshire is still at large, one year on. He locked a social worker and a foster carer in a room during a visit in Bishop Stortford, took his baby and fled to northern Cyprus with the mother. Hearts County Council says it won't be revising procedures. Senior family lawyer at Slater and Gordon, Cara Nuttall, says it's difficult to know how much the baby was let down. It's difficult to know to what extent this was something that should have been foreseen. Um, and certainly it sounds as though it was you know, very dramatic and very unexpected. Locking uh, two adults in a, in a cupboard is certainly not usual behaviour. And it's the extent to which anybody should have been expected to have seen that. Hertfordshire police are looking for a damaged car after a 16-year-old boy was killed in a hit-and-run. Fazan Ahmed from Hemel Hempstead was struck as he crossed Jupiter Drive on Friday and died in hospital on Sunday night. Detective Inspector Sam Carner told Ian Lee the driver would have known he hit someone. I have no doubt they would have known they've, they've hit something. It would have been a, a fairly uh, sizeable collision. Um, they've stopped uh, a short distance away but not made any attempt to go to aid oh. the victim uh, and just decided to drive off at that point. Police forces have agreed to use a new code of conduct regulating the way officers stop and search members of the public. The Home Secretary, Theresa May, has warned that misuse of the powers has damaged the reputation of the police. A 16-year-old boy has been charged with murder after a teenager died from stab wounds in Watford. 18-year-old Akil Khan was found stabbed in the street at Croxley View on Friday afternoon, Ewan Duncan reports. The 16-year-old boy, who can't be named for legal reasons, appeared before Hatfield Remand Court yesterday, charged with murder. A 15-year-old boy, who was also arrested, has been charged with a fray and has been bailed to appear before St Albans Youth Court on September the 10th. Two other youths who were arrested as part of the investigation have been released without charge. The first opinion survey suggests that Alex Salmond of the SNP won the second and final televised debate about Scottish independence. The referendum will be held on the 18th of September. A man from Aylesbury wants to save the old police station in the town centre. It's due to be knocked down as part of the planned redevelopment. But Jonathan Gilpin thinks it would work better as a great train robbery-themed restaurant. He told Ian Lee why. Ronnie Biggs was actually held there when oh. he was uh, arrested for the for the great train robbery. So I thought, well, keep the cells, have the, keep the cells there, oh, have the hatch open, and have a cardboard cutout of Ronnie Biggs sat in the cell or yeah. stood in the cell, uh, and that would be a, a great feature on the way to the toilets. In football, MK Dons play the biggest game in their 10-year history tonight as they host Manchester United in the League Cup second round. It's a sellout at Stadium MK with more than 29,000 tickets sold. The weather becoming drier and brighter with temperatures up to 20 Celsius. And get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counters. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. Nestling in the Chilterns, lots of nice countryside round, you know. All this week, we're featuring Aylesbury. Wherever I go, I always know people to speak to. It's all about where you live. So people in Aylesbury Market down today can hear the bell that's been ringing for 700 years. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. Loads of you having your say on Facebook about uh, me refusing to do the ice bucket challenge. I'll be honest, I'm surprised by the majority of comments. 
we'll have a look at them a bit later on if you want to uh, have your say. Facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR. For some reason, we're talking about splinters as well. I, don't, you, you still... I got one. I have no idea where it came from. A bit of wood? Yeah, but I haven't been anywhere near anything like that. It must have happened this morning. I mean, all were you near wood this, mo- were you near wood this morning? No. When was the last time you were near wood? Well, it must have been this morning, but I didn't notice. You would know if you had. You would know if you'd been near wood this morning. Well, I, I know because I've got a splinter. Okay, right. Come on, I've got the Ev. Look. Okay, look, there's the. Has it not come out yet? It's come out, but I've got I've got a, a mark where it came out. Oh, blimey! Local and vocal guys. Other stuff coming up. Which, well, just listen and you'll find out, innit? Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. So we have decided, um, Catherine Boyle and myself, and um, Kelly Betts, you should be involved in this, uh, this scam. Scam? Scheme? Scheme? Plan? Plan? Plot? Thing, project, idea. We have decided that we get. Some, sometimes this show gets criticism from people who think it's childish. It's not what a local BBC radio breakfast show should be. Some people like Darren Blunt on Twitter think that I'm an idiot and I should be sacked because I go. Blah, 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 blah. But then Dennis said it was not childish enough. Yeah. So, I mean, we're, we're caught between a rock and a hard place, aren't we? <laughs> he said hard place. But. See. But what we're going to do in about a month's time, because it'll take a bit of planning, is we are going to do a proper. Local BBC radio breakfast show. Yeah. We're going to have all of the features, and we're going to do it completely straight. Our tongues will be nowhere near our cheeks. I will not be winking or uh, doing a comic aside. It'll be a straight show. We'll have two stories every 15 minutes. We will have local authors. Uh, we'll have loads of local people coming in telling us their wonderful stories. And they are wonderful stories. They just don't normally fit in with this. But, Kels, you may miss that. We're going to do it in about a month's time. We're going to do a proper BBC local radio breakfast show for a day. Okay. And it's going to be straight. We're going to have local authors coming in. We've got um, someone who's written a song about the mystery of the Abbott's Langley Fire Brigade coming in to sing that. Uh, We'll be uh, bigging up local charities. It's a kind of let's see what you could have won show. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we'll be doing that straight. Just so that the the, the critics Mm. can have a little listen to what an alternate timeline sounds like. And the detractors will um, hate it. Such no, hang on. The, the, they'll love it. The, 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 yes, the other. So that's what we're going to do. Cool. So if you get any ideas, then yeah. let us know. What day are you going to do it? I'll book it off. A fright. Pardon? Hmm? Wow. Huh? In fact, in fact, actually, that's not a bad idea. Uh, actually, yes. Uh, thank you. Uh, yeah, it'll be a Friday in about a month's time. Friday in September. So yeah, probably yeah, a good yeah, idea because right, yeah. you'll probably muff it up. Yeah, that's true. You got? I don't know if you can do it straight. Uh, can you do it straight? I don't think so. Should we try and do it straight? Okay, what well, now? Yeah. Am I doing it straight? Now? Uh, we'll all do it straight. Okay. Time check. Uh, it's seven minutes past eight. You're listening to Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. Coming up next, we'll be talking about a local charity that's trying to raise money for three-legged donkeys uh, by having a bungee jump. Now, I've been asked to do this, and I'm going to go out and I'm going to go and do the bungee jump for donkeys. Uh, Kelly, you were telling me a story about uh, how your partner once did a bungee jump. What happened? Uh, it was my mum, and she did it topless. You see, oh, oh, no, but it's actually see. that's a true story. I know, you know it's true, but raised, I don't want to hear about your mum getting a black eye. She raised loads of money, and it was in Luton. Mate, no, but even if that were true, it is true. Even if that were true, that's it not appropriate true. for a BBC local radio breakfast okay, show. Okay, ask me again. I'll no. say a different answer. Uh, it was my mum who did the bungee jump. End of. 
in conversation. No, did no, she no. find oh, it a thrill? No. It's not <laughs> the audience it. did. Right, okay. She should She's take a Friday off. Yeah, here, okay. Yeah. Well, don't worry. We'll, do, we'll sort it all out. 08459 is the telephone number. Now on to slightly more serious things. Uh, nine months after the abduction of a child from foster care in Hertfordshire, the County Council says it has no plans to change its policies and procedures when it comes to parental access. The child's father was allowed supervised access to his baby, during which time he managed to lock the baby's social worker and foster parent in a room, take the infant to northern Cyprus, which has no extradition with the UK. And as far as anybody knows, they're still there. This case raises a few questions, but it'll come as a shock to many that it was so easy to get the child out of the country. Well, Ken Spooner from Milton Keynes joins me now on the line. Morning, Ken. Good morning. Ken, you've, uh, uh, you have experience of this, don't you? What, what happened to you and your family? Uh, well, in uh, 2008, uh, my two children uh, set off on holiday uh, with uh, my ex-partner uh, to, uh, to Zambia in southern Africa um, for what was meant to have been a two-week holiday. And unfortunately, um, it, it took five years before they returned back. Flipping heck. Uh, yeah, but um, I, you know, it is. It sounds. How old were the boys when they were taken? Very young. Uh, they were a year and a half and three and a half. Oh years. man! How do you? Because I said earlier, my boys are away for two weeks, and that is painful enough. But how do you, as a as a dad, a parent, cope with not knowing when you're going to see your kids again? Well, it's, it's devastating. I mean, it's, you know, it's one of the tougher things you know that, that a parent can go through. Knowing that. Uh, you know, your children are sort of somewhere in the world, but, you know, you, you can't actually see them, you can't be with them, you can't share, you know, that, that love and affection that a parent should do with a child. Did you get to speak to them at all? How did? What kind of relationship did you have with their mother? Um, well, I mean, uh, once once the children um, had, had got out there, um, you know, and it became clear that, uh, you know, it, it wasn't an intended holiday after all, but... Uh, you know, but the intention was for a much longer stay. Um, you know, I, I had to go through various channels, um, and and ultimately, uh, you know, um, I ended up spending a great deal of time out there, uh, so that I could, um, on on certain occasions, uh, you know, get to see my kids. And what help were you given? I mean, I mean, where do you go to? Do you go to a charity? Do you go to the government? Who do you turn to? Well. Yeah, I mean, there's there's only really one body in, in the United Kingdom, which is reunites uh, that assists people, um, you know, going through parental abduction cases, um, and uh, you know, seriously, there's not enough being done uh, by the government to assist uh, left behind parents in the same situation. Uh, you know, I mean, I was one of the very uh, lucky few. Unfortunately, there's uh, a whole lot of people out there right now that uh, you know still going through it and, uh, and haven't uh, managed to. Had they children returned? You got the boys back. Took five years. How did you do that? What was what, what was the final chain of events that led to them coming home? Well, there, there was a whole series of, of court cases uh, that were going through uh, the, the Zambian courts, um, which were being deliberately, uh, you know, protracted and uh, adjourned, and you know, sort of the whole thing being stretched out as long as possible, really. Um, and then ultimately the, the Supreme Court um, made a, a decision on an appeal that um, it was an appeal against uh, a previous uh, court ruling that uh, had said my children should have returned home. And it was two years later that the appeal 
um, actually took place. Um, so again, you know, more protractions, more time wasting. Um, but uh, as I say, fortunately, you know, um, what my children were returned and you know, they're now very, very happy. Did they, and I'm going to say a question and it might sound harsh, I don't mean it to, did they want to come home with you? Because if they'd spent so long from such a young age living with their mother in a foreign country, uh, it, it wouldn't be uh, bad of them to have a, a certain reluctance to leave that. Um, yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, you know, uh, I, I had sort of, uh, uh, through the efforts of my lawyers, managed to spend uh, you know, some time with my children, um, and on more than one occasion, you know, they expressed uh, a wish to, to return back home to England. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, but it was always my intention to ensure that, uh, you know, that the children had... Um, a, a loving relationship with with both parents, and um, you know, unfortunately, that's where you know where we are now. And that first day they came home and they spent their first night in your house. That must have been amazing. Yeah, it was incredible. Um, you know, I just had to sort of sit there for an hour after I went to sleep and, and watched them. Mm, good <laughs> uh, for you. It was beautiful. Ken, I'm, I'm, I'm glad it, all, it, it worked out for you. It's a great story, well, a great end to a, a terrible story. But thanks very much for sharing it with us. You're welcome. Ken Spooner from Milton Keynes. Can't imagine. So my boys were away for two weeks. I didn't get to speak to them yesterday, because wh- whatever, because the phone reception's rubbish over there. Oh, it breaks my heart. That breaks my heart. Two weeks. Yeah, five years. Not really knowing where they are, not being able to speak to them, what they're being told. It's bad, isn't it? Oh. But in, in relation to this, uh, this story we're talking about, this couple, that they are the actual parents, it's, and it's unusual that it's, it's both parents that take it. We don't know the backstory. We don't know why the kids were in foster family. But if my boys had been taken uh, for, from me and my wife and we felt unfairly and wrongly, uh, I would have no qualms about taking them and going to a foreign country. Not in any way justifying what this couple have done. We don't know the story. We don't know the full details. But as you're saying, if, if, if my wife and I had had our kids taken off us and we believed it was completely unfair, I, 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 would, I, would, I would take them. I would go to a foreign country with them. It, I, do you know Parents, what? isn't it? Yeah, but if the other thing is, the other side of this <clears> is, don't you think these days when you've got electronic passports, surely it's easier to stop people leaving the country? You yeah. know, they knew that they were... They knew they'd taken the child. And you do an all ports alert, don't you? Yeah. Can I, Kelly, sorry, just go on. What on earth have you typed on my screen? I don't understand those crazy instructions. News headlines, travel, travel, news he- headline seven. What, what, uh, oh. um, what on earth does that mean, mate? Just travel and news headlines, but I accidentally hit it twice. And what's and then, the seven got to do with anything? I must have just hit that by mistake. <sighs> Didn't get any of this from Ellis yesterday. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The northbound M1 is still closed between junctions 11 and 12. Dunstable up to Flittick after a serious accident in the early hours of this morning. Motorway's been closed since just before 2 o'clock and there's a queue on the approach from junction 10. That's Luton Airport. Southbound past the scene, very slow with everybody having a look at the opposite carriageway. Back of the queue, now more or less back at junction 14, Milton Keynes. The official diversion route for northbound M1 traffic is off the A505 into Dunstable through Houghton Regis up to Toddington on the A5120 and then back onto the M1 at Junction 12. That route really slow, but uh, A5 generally uh, between, I would say, Hockliffe and Dunstable, slow moving, especially northbound, with drivers just avoiding the M1 altogether. Uh, very busy on the A6 as well. Plenty of drivers avoiding the M1 by heading onto the A6 through Clophill. A1M southbound, that slow passing Stevenage, really slow actually, from Letchworth all the way down past the uh, A602. And M25, well, anti-clockwise, is slow in patches from the M1 down to 
towards the M40 at 16. Uh, really slow into London, by the way, on the A40 from just east of Uxbridge. And on the trains, East Coast Main Line still delays because of problems with the overhead wires between Peterborough and Huntingdon earlier. Metropolitan Line between Chalfont and Latimer and Chesham is back to normal. The Northern Line, though, if you are heading into London, suffering severe delays this morning. James Wally, BBC Three Counters Radio. Thank you very much. 8.16. It is Tuesday the 26th of August. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A baby abducted from social services in Hertfordshire still hasn't been returned a year after the child was taken. Tributes have been paid online to a 16-year-old killed in a hit-and-run in Hemel Hempstead. And in football, it's a sell-out stadium MK for tonight's match between the MK Dons and Manchester United. BBC Three Counties Radio. Tonight, one of the world's biggest clubs come to Milton Keynes. The Dutchman Louis van Gaal has been announced as the new manager of Manchester United. MK Dons host the Red Devils in the second round of the League Cup, knowing it's a special night. It's the biggest occasion of some of these players' lives, so why would they not think about it? They're playing the greatest team, one of the greatest teams in the world. Watford are also in action, where they face Doncaster, hoping to get through to the third round. Throws it for Lloyd Dyer, who does finish! Chance and one Watford goal. We'll have live commentary on both games in Three Candies Sports. Better can Foby get in here? He can Foby with the chance to make it three. Tonight from seven here on BBC Three Counties Radio. Oh. Oh, that is Ooh. it. <laughs> hey, good morning, bearded man. Thank you very much. You're 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 saying some nice things about the beard. I like the beard. Yeah. Can I take a picture? Of course you can. Yeah. Let me. Uh, I'll tweet a picture. Yeah, please do. I, I, I I'm experimenting. I did my first television at the weekend ever with a beard, and I got some good comps. You you do look. I think you look better with a beard than without. Really? Okay. Yes. I'll level with you. Let me take these. Right. Lo- look nice. Hang on, look, 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 Smile. Sexy, look, sexy look. Smile nice. This is going on. Oh, okay. Sexy. There we go. Because yeah, I, I, be, I might be one of those people, like Edmonds or a BG, that's meant to have a beard. I just don't know. You think I look better? I do think you look better. Older or younger, and neither is the wrong... Isn't, isn't, isn't. Well, you're, you're one of those people, you've, you've definitely got better with age. Yep. You're like a, like a wine, aren't you, really? Yes, yes. When you were young... It was horrible. Bit funny looking, really. Bitter. But but now, much better. Yeah. Whereas I'm going quite the reverse. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, know, as I, a boy, you were beautiful. I, <laughs> <laughs> you were stunning. You know. And now, I mean, it's, it's it's all going downhill. Soon, I'll look like Eric Pickles. <laughs> <laughs> you, you've got a, you've got a pinch of pickles about you. You really have. Yes. Oh, I missed you last That's week. A shame. D- no, you didn't. I did. I did, did a you? little bit. I did a little bit. Yeah. I didn't oh. miss those slackers next door. Oh, <laughs> slackers. Yeah. Thank goodness for you that. Right, Kath. Yeah. Here we go. Bless her. She's. <laughs> I, I put something. In, I put something in her coffee today. Did She's you? got a clue what's going on. You right, Kath? Do you want another coffee? Just looking at something on YouTube. What are you looking at? Oh. Something really funny. Is it about me? And is it rude? Um, no, it's oh. not about you. Is it rude? No, it's just really funny. It's good that intensive production's going on next door, isn't it? How do you keep your your crew in in line? Because I know know Tim would never do anything like that, but if if he did, you would severely punish him. Yes. By the way, I'm with you on this ice box challenge. Oh, we've both been challenged. Oh, I don't care. I couldn't give a a tupney. I'll tell you something. I'd rather cut up my corduroys and make a ragu out of them and eat it. 
than do that. Okay, how, you're on. How what a silly thing. I don't. I, yeah, I'm glad you said that. And I, I, I've had a surprise. We'll get to Facebook. Surprising number of people agreeing. A few texts saying shame on you, or if you don't do the challenge, oh, you should give up. money. Shut no, up. Well done. Thank you. Oh wait, four five nine four double five five double five. What's on your show today? Coming up on the big phone in this morning from nine. Which way do you hope the Scots will vote? Oh yeah. Uh, last night, Scotland's first minister Alex Salmond clashed on the BBC with the leader of the Better Together campaign, Alistair Darling. Did you hear that? No, I, th- I missed it. I heard bits of it. Some of it was quite dull, but there was a brilliant bit where um, Salmond asked Darling, what great name, a question, and it completely flustered him, and, and Darling's going, oh, uh, well, okay, right, so what we do, and the, you know, the audience just burst into laughter, and he, he crushed him. It was, uh. it was uncomfortable, but wonderful. Well, topics which caused heated debate included who will profit from North Sea oil, Uh, whether or not Scotland could keep the pound and what will happen to our nuclear defence if the union is broken. Alex Salmond argued the Better Together campaign will force Tory policies on Scottish people, pushing them into poverty, while Stanister Darling maintained the Scotland First campaign had no clear plan for their currency if they were to go independent. How on earth are they supposed to know how to vote in Scotland? Thank goodness we haven't got that decision to make. Well, you say that... Shouldn't we have a say? Once they have their vote as to whether they want to leave or stay, and they'll, they'll vote stay, shouldn't we have a vote as to whether we want to keep them or not? Oh. Do you not think that they're making the decision, that, and we should have a decision about whether we want them? Right. But, but does it really affect us that much? Well, it affects them far more than us, doesn't it? Well, I don't know. It's sad. It is sad. It is sad. Well, I know someone who has said to me, she said, I've been going to Scotland on holiday all my life, mm. If they vote to go independent, I will never go back to that country again. Gosh. She is furious. Absolutely furious. She hates Alex Salmon. In fact, I think if she had a, had a dartboard, she'd stick a picture of him on it. Wow. She is and then throw livid. Darts livid yeah. with him. She yeah. says, how dare that man try and break up our country? How dare he do this Gosh. to our beloved Scotland? Well, from nine this morning, I want your views on this. Which way do you hope the Scots will vote? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. If you hear a whisper, give us a shout. Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, this week, as part of the BBC Three Counties Big Tour, we're in Aylesbury, where one man's got some rather unusual plans to save the old police station from demolition. They're both watching the video next door now. From demolition. Jonathan Gilpin, who was on the show earlier, is offering to buy the building and turn it into a police-themed restaurant. He's keeping the cells and plans to put a cutout of Ronnie Biggs in there. But is it in good taste, or is it glorifying crime? Well, in a moment, we'll hear from Dr Andrew Cook from Bedfordshire, who's head teacher of King's House Prep School in Luton and wrote a book about the great train robbery. But first, we can talk to John Woolley, who investigated the uh, robbery as a police officer in the 1970s. Morning, John. Good morning to you, Ian. John, what do you reckon about this idea? Have a a, a police-themed restaurant that kind of hints very heavily at the great train robbery? Well... What goes round comes round, Ian, and yeah. it's not a new idea. Twenty years ago, in the early 90s, an application was made uh, to change Leatherslade Farm, the, uh, the robber's hideout, into a themed restaurant, and the rumour being that uh, the celebrity opener was going to be Buster Edwards. Oh. But uh, that came to nothing. And, and, you know, there are several... Uh, pubs, restaurants and hostelries around the Vale that claim a a, a perhaps tenuous connection with the robbery. 
I, I could take you to two or three pubs. Oh, where well, the, you could. Oh, yeah, we must. Where the, the landlord would sort of direct you over to a quiet table in the corner and out of the corner of his mouth will tell you the great train robbery was, uh, was planned over there, boy. Oh. And, of course, during the, uh, the trials, which spanned four months, the various parties to the case, the, uh, the defence uh, uh, lawyers, the prosecution lawyers, the police and the press, all took up home at various hostelries uh, round about the town. And those places maintain this connection with the robbery through photographs and, uh, and, and uh, autographs and that sort of thing. So I don't see the relationship with the robbery in itself being a great draw. I think he's obviously going to have to be competing with the various good eateries around the town by producing a good menu and a nice ambience. And perhaps a real selling point would be if he priced his menu at 1963 rates. Hey, now, now, hey. I'm in. I'll pay a tuppence apenny for a, a, a sausage and mash. Is it glorifying crime? Do you think, John? I don't think it's glorifying crime. No, I mean so much has been written, talked about, films made about the great train robbery. It occurred 50 years ago. A good proportion of a potential restaurant's clientele are going to be far too young to remember the great train robbery. And, uh, you know, I just don't think that it, it, it will have a big impact on its own. It's got to be in support of a good restaurant per se. John, stay there. I want to bring in uh, Dr Andrew Cook into the conversation. Uh, Andrew wrote The Great Train Robbery, The Untold Story. What do you think to a, a, a restaurant that hints at the great train robbery? Andrew? I think it's an, it's an interesting issue and, and obviously it's an issue that's cropped up many times before, I mean particularly in, in, in America where you've now got uh, admittedly theme restaurants for Al Capone in Chicago, Jesse James in Missouri, admittedly those crimes happened a good few decades before the Great Train Robbery and as John said you know, the Great Train Robbery in itself is now something that anybody under the age of 50 would, would, would not have any personal or you know, personal memories of, but I, I think the big question is, is you know, it's not just what's being proposed; it's why. And as I understand it, you know, we don't know the full details of this planning application yet. Whether it will be police themed or whether it will be something like a great train robbery restaurant, uh, a bit like the Al Capone restaurant in Chicago. You know, it, it, I think that's a big question. Not not what's being proposed, but why and what the motives are. Is it important, Andrew? Do you, do you think to have uh, some Something locally that that keeps it in our memories. I, I think so. And again, it's, it, we, we come back to this question of not not what we're doing, but why. I mean, for example, Thames Valley um, Police now um, uh, have a very good um, um, crime museum that actually includes things like the famous Monopoly board from the Great Train Robbery. And I always thought it was a great shame that they never got the, the opportunity to actually find a good venue, um, you know, for for that for that crime museum. I think something like that would be much more appropriate rather than something which, which, which is possibly going to you know sort of harp on about Ronnie Biggs again and so on and so forth really to just to get more punters into the restaurant. 
Uh, Andrew, w- would you go if it was a gr- if it was a great train robbery themed restaurant? Would you go and sit there? I wouldn't know. Not not because of the great train robbery, but because I, I, I just don't think that something like that is, is, is particularly appropriate. But at the end of the day, let's, let's be honest, it's for the people of Aylesbury to decide. Ironically, 50 years ago this year, they were the people who had the last say about whether the great train robbers were guilty. And I think, you know, when this planning application comes up, quite rightly, the people of Aylesbury will be the people who decide whether or not this is appropriate or not. And John, would you go? I wouldn't go simply simply because of its connection with the uh, Ronnie Biggs. Mm. And it's got to be remembered that although Ronnie Biggs is by far and away the best known of the robbers, um, he was probably the least concerned and the least important of the actual operators. He, he, he was, he was a, a, just a gopher. Um, and certainly nowhere near the, the upper echelons in the gang. Mm. But, of course, he is the best known of the robbers. No, I wouldn't go unless it promised really good fare and a pleasant ambience. There's a lot of competition in the town for for eateries and restaurants. Chaps, fascinating to talk to you as always. I appreciate your time. Uh, John Woolley, the last voice you heard there, investigated the uh, train robbery as a police officer in the 70s. And Dr Andrew Cook, who wrote The Great Train Robbery. Um, which I think that was the book that they used for the TV programme, wasn't it, I think, Catherine? Yes. You eating? I'm having a mint. Spit it out. Thank you very much. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The northbound M1 is still closed between junctions 11 and 12, Dunstable to Flittig for investigation work after a serious accident in the early hours of this morning. Northbound queue starts around junction, well, before junction 10. I think the back of the queue now at junction 9 going by our speed sensors. Southbound is also very slow as everybody's having a good look at the opposite carriageway. Queues from junction 14, in fact, now from Newport Pagnell Services. And delays also on the A5. Plenty of drivers coming off the northbound M1 earlier, junction 9, heading through Dunstable, so it's queuing on and off all the way through Dunstable and up to Hockliffe. The official diversion route, the A505, uh, then the A5120 through Houghton Regis, up through Torrington. That's fairly heavy in patches. Busy through Clophill as well on the 507 and the A6, I think, with drivers avoiding the M1. A1M, that's slow southbound 10 to 7 this morning. That's stopped fold down to Stevenage. And the M25, anti-clockwise heavy in patches from the M1 down towards the M40. East Coast and First Capital Connect delays of up to 15 minutes because of problems with the overhead wires earlier in Cambridgeshire. And if you're heading onto the northern line into London. Severe delays this morning because of emergency works in South London. James Wally, BBC Three Counters Radio. Shuggy muggy delicious. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. I'm Jane Killick. Hertfordshire County Council says it isn't reviewing the way that children in care can meet their parents despite the abduction of a baby the local authority was looking after. The baby's natural father took the child to northern Cyprus with the mother. Tributes have been paid online to a teenager who was killed by a hit-and-run driver in Hemel Hempstead. 16-year-old Fazan Ahmed died from his injuries on Sunday evening. A man from Aylesbury is fighting to preserve an historic building which he wants to turn into a great train robbery restaurant. Jonathan Gilpin has offered to buy the old police station, but the council plans to demolish it as part of the town centre redevelopment. The weather becoming brighter and drier. 
On to sport and MK Dons play the biggest game in their 10-year history tonight as they host Manchester United in the League Cup second round. It's a sellout at Stadium MK with more than 29,000 tickets sold. Chairman Pete Winkleman says it'll be a magical moment for the club. We can go and do ourselves proud. We'll have a lot of occasional supporters, people that might have not been to the stadium before. And I want to go and show them that this Milton Keynes team, it might be League One at the moment, but it's got the makings of something special. We play very entertaining football. We play football like the Premiership teams, where you want to keep it, where you want to be threatening with the ball and and with what you're able to do with it. Watford are also in League Cup action against Doncaster at Vicarage Road this evening. Goalkeeping coach Alec Chamberlain says it might be an opportunity to rotate the squad and play some of those on the fringe of the first team, including Lloyd Dyer. We're very fortunate with the amount of players and the amount of quality that we've got. Not everybody is going to be involved week in, week out. So, you know, Lewis McGoogan's not been in the squad again as well. And uh, uh, Sean Murray's not involved again today. So it's not just Lloyd. I'm sure Lloyd, you know, and those other players will probably be involved on Tuesday. In the Conference South, none of our teams secured a victory. There were losses for Hemel Hempstead and St Albans and nil-nil draws in the matches involving Bishop Stortford and Boreham Wood. In the Southern Premier, Hitchin beat Arsley 2-0, Dunstable beat Biggleswade 1-0. There was a win for Chesham and a two-all draw for Burnham. BBC Three Counties News and Sport. The next bulletin is at nine. If you hear a whisper, give us a shout. Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. If you hear a whisper, guess give us us a shells. I thought we'd agreed on that. No. Well, I thought I'd told you. You agreed that we weren't going to be doing that anymore. Yes. I um, said yes simply because you were intimidating. Yes. But I meant no. And I'm the one that has the buttons. Right, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It is okay. (laughs) It is okay. We'll see about that. It's okay. Maybe I'll bring the buttons in here. Does Justin Dealey still work? What? Yes. Does Justin Dealey still work for us? Yeah, he's still working for us now. And he's going to be speaking to us very soon. (laughs) Okay. You want me to turn the microphone? Yeah, do you want to call her? Well, yeah. Kelly's done one. I don't know where she's gone. She better be making a coffee. And you could have sorted that caller out during the news. I know, but I was watching this. um... What are you watching online? Oh, it doesn't matter. Flippin' heck. 08459 555. What are we talking about? Well, we, we, we threw out this, this front-page story of The Sun. I don't know what there is to say. OK, no, I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask um, a, a really cold question, OK? Front page of The Sun. British mum tells her surrogate you can keep the disabled twin. So it's like the story of these Australians, the Australian paedophile who had uh, two children with, with a surrogate. One of them was disabled. They didn't want it. Same thing here. A mum has the surrogate has had two surrogate children. One of them is disabled. She says, "I don't want the disabled one. I'm going to keep that one." Right. I guess. Uh, what What is the question here? I mean, is she right? Well, no, she's not right. I'm trying to phrase this properly, and I'm struggling a little bit. Uh, can you understand? That mother's position, ever so slightly. Not condoning it. I'm not endorsing it. And the language she is allegedly uses is, is awful, is atrocious. But can you understand? OK, here's the question. Have you had a disabled child? And did part of you kind of think, oh, no, this isn't what I play. This is going to be hard work. Was, was there a part? And I don't think there's any shame in thinking that. Not been in that situation, so I don't know. I don't think there's any shame in, 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 in your heart sinking a little bit. 
Tough question, I know. 08459 four double five five double five. If you had a disabled child and part of you, your heart has sunk. That's the, that's the, 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 the most basic, uh, cold way I can ask that question. Not expecting too many calls on it, but I'm, I'm putting it out there. 08459 four double five five double five. Uh, also talking about the ice bucket challenge. I don't get it. I know Roberto's done it here. You can see it on the Facebook page. Well done. I ain't going to do it. So stop nominating me, guys. I think it's kind of, of, of bullying to bully people to, to do it. If you don't do it, then shame on you and you should give money. Well, I, I, while I respect the, uh, the charity, um, it's not a charity that I am particularly um, focused on. My eyes are looking in other directions when it comes to charities. And I don't like this idea of I'm nominating someone to do something. Well, no. I don't think that's what charity should be. We'll do the Facebook uh, comments in a bit. And we've got loads of texts on this as well. 08459 four double five five double five. But for some reason, we have a caller about Kath's splinter. Morning, Glenn. Morning, Ian. You've called in about splinters, have you? Yes, I have, yes. Go on, what you got? I think Kath should stop scratching her head. Uh, oh, <laughs> yeah. Glenn. Oh, you'd like that one. Spontaneous round of applause, Glenn. Built up. I, I can hear that. Yeah, thank yeah, you. yeah. Well, Glenn, thank you very much indeed. It's, you thought he was going to come on and he was going to kiss your backside, but it ain't... Oh, well, let him know. <laughs> was it you who told me about um, blowing smoke? Yes. It's horrible, isn't it? The Stuarts. If what, you Patrick drowned, if you, if you drowned in Stuart times, that's how they would revive you. Stop. Stuart time. Do you see what I'm dealing with? He's right, though. What he's saying is, he's saying your head is made of wood, mm. which is a physical impossibility. Oh. <laughs> hey, hey, Kath, come here. Let me, let me give you a noogie. A what? A noogie. A what? You're not a noogie, isn't you, Kels? Yeah. It's when you get your fist and you rub it on their head like this. Yeah, noogie. noogie. And I'm doing it on Kath's head now. <laughs> he's not. He's knocking the desk. He's knocking on the desk. I'm going to knock on... I'm going to knock... He's a 41-year-old father of two. Oh, I've got a joke. Hang on, I'm just going to knock, I'm just going to knock on Catherine's head. K- Kath, come here. So who's there? Who's there? Kath's head. Kath's head who? Knock, knock. Who's there? Kath's head. Who? No, Who's there? Kath's head. Kath's head who? Who's, th- who's who? there? Kath's head. Who? Cat, knock knock. Who's there? Cat's head who? Cat's head. Woodblock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you need to work on that one. It's, um... Guys. Who's there? Cat. Cat who? Catherine Boyle. I've got a wooden head. That's why I've got a splinter in my finger. Oh no, I've got it. Knock knock. <laughs> no. <laughs> right. I sustained a serious injury, and you're you're laughing about my head. Who's there? It's not even Cat's. Kath's who? No, Kath's head. Spare, isn't Kath's, it? Oh, I don't know. There, there, there must be a joke. Hang on a minute. No, Hang on. There isn't. There is. There is. You. you. Oh. Um, right. Oh. Um, it's like... I'm out. No. I mean, knock, knock. I mean, who's there? Cathwood. I wouldn't. <laughs> I definitely wouldn't. Catherine. Especially here. after now. Anybody? Because she's got a wooden head. Oh. Yes. I was going to write an email. <laughs> No, no, no. Uh, you can't make jokes like that anymore because people don't get jokes I'm like not that. Not joking. Oh. oh, dear boss, you said six weeks. Who's there? Kath. Kath who? Kath's wooden. Listen to Kath. the show. Kath. Okay, I got one. Okay. Eight 
thirty. Lock, lock. Five, three, two, well, well, it's going to be eight forty, isn't it? They're going to come. Kathu. Kathu, wait, who's in the door? Right, right, you, right, I got it. Is okay. enough. Who's there? Knock, knock. Please. Who's there? Knock, knock. Who's there? No, knock, knock. Who's there? You say knock, knock, knock who? Me back on news. That's not what the No, because I've got a new joke. Okay. Send. Knock, knock. Knock, knock who? Who's there? No, you say, all right, so you... Who's there? Knock, knock. Who's there? No, you say knock, knock. Oh, sorry, <laughs> I've got it. <laughs> who's there? Knock, knock. Knock, knock who? Knock, knock. On Kath's head, it made a wood wood. <laughs> You're right, Catherine. Yeah, fine. Caroline's in Bedford. Good morning, Caroline. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. Hey, listen, here's a funny thing. Oh, yeah. Right, I thought, I'm sitting, well, actually, I'm getting out of the bath. You're doing what? Well, I was getting out of the bath, and I thought, you know, I've not heard my favourite jingle all morning. Oh, yeah. And then it came on. Which jingle's that? If you hear a whisper, give us a show. If you hear a whisper... Give us a shout. Yeah. Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. There, it's caused controversy, Caroline, because producer Catherine doesn't like it. I think it's I think it's the one good thing from the reign of scoins. I think it's fabulous. And it and it says exactly what it does on the tin. Yeah. No, it, it does exactly what it says on the tin. It says something on the tin, and if you read it correctly, then you can do what that that is in the tin. Yes, that's right. Well, that's have you I heard think. a whisper? Can you give us a shout? Yes. Go on then. If you hear a whisper, no. give us a shout. No. I'm a, uh, no, have you actually heard a whisper that you are shouting about? No. Ah. Sorry. Are you? Do you listen to us in the bath? Unfortunately, yes. Oh. I know. Electrically, that's not correct. No. But I do. I hope you wear something in the bath. I don't like the idea of, of naked people listening to well, me. Why would you listen to something in the bath with something on? Are you got clothes on now? Um, not much. Goodbye, Caroline. Thank you very much indeed. I didn't know we had deviants listening to the show. Naughty. That's all we've got now. <laughs> Not, it does, thank you, Caroline. It's a very good call. She likes, if you hear a whisper, give us a shout. Mm. She, she, she loves stuff like this. Wag one. If you hear a whisper, give us a shout. See if she feels that way when she's got her clothes on. Yeah, uh, but it does make me uncomfortable knowing that there are uh, naked people listening, men and women, all across beds, hearts and bugs. I know. I wonder. I never listen to the radio when it's friends on with no clothes on. I couldn't. <laughs> The thing is, I know you mean that. I would feel wrong. That's true, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I don't have any friends who work in radio. Yeah, not anymore, you don't. We'll love her in the podcast. She was good, Kels. Okay. Speaking of good, uh, here's the opposite. Dave. <laughs> I love the fact I love the fact that your last name is Luton and you Ron live Luton. in It's like Joey Ron Essex. Luton. Like Joey Essex, and yet you live in Luton. That is nuts. No, if you no, move if you move me, to Stevenage, will you change your name to Steve Luton? No, I was saying I'm Dave from Luton. Yeah, and yet your you name is Luton. Your name there. is Luton as well. Oh, God, here we go again. Oh, when you do this Friday thing, if you in move, a month's time... If you move to Essex, will you, know, change, will you change oh, your name to David Essex? <laughs> or Steve you're Essex? Allowed, you're not allowed. Catherine, Kelly, don't laugh because you encourage him to carry on, you know what I mean? Oh, he is funny, though. Oh, is he? Yeah. Oh, really? I'm a, I'm a Dave Luton fan. Oh, yeah, thanks, Kath. You're welcome. But it is weird that your surname is Luton and you're from Luton. I think it's brilliant that his name is Luton. And Excuse from... me, it's Dave it's like, it's from like Luton. Being called, it's like being called um, oh, Terry, Terry Butcher and you're a butcher. Yeah. Are you going to listen to me this or morning? Or Frank Bruno and you're a boxer. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because that was a boxer's name, Frank Bruno. You're a boxer.
you in a minute. All right. Or um, being um, 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 oh, yeah. Tony Killer and you're a killer. Yeah, yeah. Or being called um, Kelly Betts and you work in a betting shop. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Dave. Knock, knock. Yeah. Pardon? Who's there? Me. Who? Me. Not today, thank you. Oh, thanks, pal. He wants to talk well, about buckets. Oh, go on, then. Ice buckets. Yes, mate. Let's hope there's a medical person who can ring you up and tell you Let's hope, yeah. if this is dangerous or not. Because to tip... Hello? Oh, I've got off the air. If he does this on a Monday, on a Friday, in a month's time, I'll come down here and bonk him on the nose. Uh, da, 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 da. Oh, he's no good coming on this radio. I'm going to BBC Northampton. Sugar Muggalicious! Oh, here he goes. You can't talk sensible to this man. Sugar Muggalicious! Justin, come back real, Catherine. Oh, dear. Sugar Muggalicious! Oh, dear. 08459 455 555. Medical person, please ring up and tell us if Boris Bucket is a. Hazard, health hazard. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello? Hello? Uela Travel? Uela Travel Art. Oh, hello, there you are. Where are you? You've just. Hello? Hello, James. That's all right. Don't worry. Maybe my fat fingers had the wrong fader. Sir, over to you. Thanks a lot, Ian. Yeah, the M1 still closed northbound between 11 and 12. It's been closed since around 10 to 2 this morning for accident investigation work. That's, of course, the Dunstable to Flittick turn-offs, the closure. And uh, as a result, long queues from before Junction 10, the queue just north of 9, the uh, Flamstead turn we can see on the cameras and sensors. Southbound past the scene is also really slow-moving and the congestion from around Junction 14, that's Milton Keynes. Uh, the official diversion route is off the M1 onto the A505, then the A5, then through Houghton Ridge, up through Toddington, that route's very slow. A5 generally, uh, Mark 8 to Hockliffe, northbound is slow, southbound is also exceptionally busy on the speed sensors. Expect delays through Clophill on the A6 and the A507, we think it's with drivers avoiding the M1 and the A1M particularly slow this morning again because of the M1 closure. Uh, southbound is queuing for from Stotfold all the way down uh, to past Stevenage, down towards Junction 7. That's the A602 turn, of course. And uh, M40 now slow southbound, 6 to 5. That's Wattington to Stokenchurch, we've seen on the sensors. If you're heading into London on the A40, it's partially blocked at the target roundabout congestion from Swakeley's. On the trains, delays still on First Capital Connect and East Coast because of the problems with the overhead wires in Cambridgeshire earlier on. James Wally, BBC Three Counters Radio. James, thank you very much. 8.46, it's Tuesday the 26th of August. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Hertfordshire County Council isn't changing procedure after a baby it was looking after was abducted by the parents. The family of a 16-year-old boy killed in a hit-and-run in Hemel Hempstead say they're devastated by his death. And a man is trying to save the old police station in Aylesbury to turn it into a police-themed restaurant. Let's get the weather. Here's Kate. <laughs> Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Good morning. Well, we've still got a bit of rain, I'm afraid, working its way pretty much across all of us in places. Some showery rain now. The worst of it seems to be over, but this band is now pushing southwards. We'll get some heavy showers, perhaps a rumble of thunder, but later on this afternoon, that should clear. We'll get some drier and brighter weather. The maximum temperature getting up to around 17, maybe 18 Celsius. A clearing picture overnight, so it will feel a bit fresher than it did last night. Plenty of clear spells, but it should stay dry. Maybe a bit of mist developing, but a minimum between 10 and 12 celsius now that clearing sky means a bright start tomorrow sunny spells perhaps a little bit thicker tomorrow afternoon the cloud that is uh, will turn a bit hazy but the maximum temperature a touch warmer it was just going to feel that little bit more pleasant the maximum getting up to around 21 celsius that's 70 degrees in fahrenheit and that's your forecast Every weekday from three, Roberto Peroni. Are league tables the best way to judge a school? Panel, do you have any sympathy for the Buckinghamshire-born golfer Ian Poulter? Police are issuing safety advice to women in Watford, but I'm fascinated by the age gap between her and her husband. Figures show that around half a million pounds were spent in Hertfordshire last year clearing up after people who dump rubbish. Then just ate them. Roberto Peroni. There's been an extraordinary action on social media. My big concern is that no one ever worries about the victim. The whole system is designed to help the criminal. Roberto Peroni, weekdays from three, BBC Three Counties Radio. If you hear a whisper, give us a shout. Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. A slogan loved by naked women all across beds, hearts, and bucks. Well, no, one in Bedford. One naked woman in Bedford. Okay, well, that's so far, it's 100% of all the naked women we've surveyed. You've got to be... You've got to, the stats don't lie, do they, Justin? If you hear a whisper, give us a shout. If you are naked, give us a shout. It works. Rolls up the tongue beautifully. Yeah, well, that's the problem. Mm. Why? Uh, it does upset me. Listen, I would imagine there aren't that many naked people listening to the to this show. Mm, no, they should be dressed by now. Exactly. Sure. But you do, like, a, a Saturday show, 12 till 2, Justin. You're yeah. playing kind of sexy music. You, not only will you have lazy people who are naked listening to you, <laughs> you might have, and I'm going to say it, you might have lovers listening to you. Quite possibly, yeah. Here's Barry White, guys. Enjoy. Do you ever think that when you? Because I know you, I, I pop in and, and see you on a Saturday sometimes, and mm. uh, you have the lights down low. Yeah. You have uh, the the shirt is loosened. That's if you're even bothering to wear a shirt sometimes. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, are you are you doing it for the lovers? Um, yeah, I think if I can, you know, um, push the lovers Careful. along across beds, hearts, wow. and bugs, and let's just say make magic happen via oh. music, well, I should be maybe given an MBE for that. I wonder. <laughs> oh, come on. You can't listen to the radio when you're doing that. Yeah. Why? It sounds like there's someone extra in there. I if wonder- there's a 12-inch coming up, why not? It's long enough, isn't it? Um, used to have a 12 inch of the week on uh, okay. Friday evening so, program. Right. 70s disco, okay. wonderful. Yep, 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 yep. Okay, guys, you may just remember that the, the, they're listening with their pens poised, guys. They're yes. listening. So, Justin, moving swiftly on mm. from uh, your uh, LP fascination and your extended yeah. mix, mm. uh, the Ice Bucket Challenge. That yeah. was it. The Ice Bucket the Challenge. The Ice Bucket Challenge. It's, it's everywhere. It's on page 24 and 25 of the mail. And they have uh, printed pictures of people doing the Ice Bucket Challenge Gary Lineker, Benedict Cumberbatch. But most of them are hot women in their pants. Yes. And I don't... I mean, I, I don't get it. I don't understand it. I think it's bullying, to be honest. I think it's bullying. Mm. I, I think charities... It worked for a while. 
I think it needs... The charities need to come up with something different now. Well, we're meant to be raising money for a very good cause. Um, not a lot of people know about that cause. I've taken this one to the streets, but uh, up first, uh, Daryl has come up to our radio car. Daryl, you have done the Ice Bucket Challenge. When did you take on the challenge? Uh, it was Saturday afternoon after a barbecue. Yeah? Yeah, it was uh, very cold, but it's quite good because um, I didn't know about the challenge. Uh, I didn't know. I got nominated, but I didn't know about uh, the uh, uh, AS, uh, the illness that it causes. So, uh, yeah, I took on the challenge and uh, nominated a few more people and donated, which is quite good. Were you naked in a mankini? No, anything unusual? No, I was just uh, fully clothed, yeah. uh, done it properly. You know, I've seen some, some, of, the, some of the videos. Um, some people are a bit more crazier than me, but I've just done it to donate. So, Well, tell us about the charity. Just lastly, before I play some audio from earlier, tell us about the charity. What do you know about the charity that you're raising money for? Well, the ASL, I did not, and I'll be deadly serious, yeah, I'm 31 years old. And uh, you take everything for granted, and I seriously did not know about the illness it causes until there was obviously some other videos on Facebook that shows you and the awareness of the ASL. So um, sort of I looked at that and then thought, you know, it's worth it. It's worth every penny in my case, you know. Okay. I appreciate your time. Thank you very much. That was Daryl. And the charity, by the way, is the ALS Association in the US. Uh, in the UK, it's called the UK Motor Neuron Disease Association. And you were talking about figures earlier on. Um, we believe that a quarter of a million pounds has been raised in the UK. As for... America, 37.7 million. Well, that's a little bit more significant, yeah, yes. 62.5 million dollars. I am surprised. In the UK, it's only raised quarter of a million pounds. Mm. I say only, it's a significant amount of money, but in, 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 in charities deal with a lot more than that. Um, and, and yet, big celebrities have done this. The problem is that, and you're about to find out here, a lot of people, like we spoke to this morning, saying to me, it's an absolutely fantastic cause, I'm doing this for a brilliant cause. What's the cause then? Well, uh, uh, they didn't know. Uh. They had got no idea who they were raising money for. So what it's become, it's become people simply showing off. Video after video, people trying to outdo each other. This is for charity. So I took it to the streets earlier on, and we're going to start with Pat here, who, a bit like Daryl, took up the challenge. Pat, you did the Ice Bucket Challenge. When did you do it? Yesterday. We're talking about the charity this morning. Do you know anything about the charity that, that you're raising money for? Not a clue. I don't know anything about it. I just I got nominated, so I had to do it. So That's basically it. Bernard, the Ice Bucket Challenge. Ian Lee saying, do you know what? I'm not going to do this. It's nonsense. If I want to donate, I will do. What's your thoughts on this? Uh, exactly what you just said. It's, it's a personal thing, and it actually does sound like a very, very dodgy and probably a dangerous act to do if you're not, if you're not prepared for it. Is it almost bullying but by nominating somebody, putting them under pressure to, yeah. to do something for yeah. charity? Look at it this way. The American president, he gave to the charity, but he wouldn't do it. But, again, he was pushed to... Why don't you? Why don't you? Come on, come on, come yeah. on. And that's what you're going to do, isn't it? Donate instead. Uh, donate instead, of course. Luke, you have been nominated, but you haven't done it. Tell us why. I just think it's a bit silly. I've done the donation, but just not the actual challenge. So you think this has become about people showing off rather than, than charity? Big time, yeah. Now, you have been nominated, sir. Yeah. Who's nominated you? Uh, my friend Kieran yeah, uh, nominated me last night, um, so I'll have to do it in the next kind of 12 hours otherwise oh, I... you've got 24 hours to do it haven't that's you? it that's okay. it yeah so do you know where the money's going to um no i don't actually know the details of the charity or anything ian's been nominated i've been nominated should we bother is it a waste of time um i, I think if people are donating as well as 
putting more over their head then um, and it is a good cause and it's worthwhile if it's just about uploading videos then I don't think it's really worth it he doesn't know what the charity he could be doing no. it for jihadis I know he could know. be doing it to send young men to Syria he's got no idea no this is the problem I mean Daryl was the closest to it Ian I've been out on, the, on this story all morning today and Daryl was the closest to it saying he was raising money for the ASL not quite it's the ALS Association in the US that was the closest we got to it Pat kicked off there well no I've got no clue about the charity but I got nominated so I had to do it well well, that's absolute rubbish because the, the whole point of this is to is to raise money for charity so if you don't know what, what you're doing and how to raise the money for charity it's null and void it's completely pointless I, I think this is kind of on the back of those no makeup selfies and was it absolutely neck, neck nominations was that the game that everyone was raving about where you got nominated to drink loads of beer and stuff yeah it's that okay charities we've done the nomination thing that's kind of faded now you need to come up with something better it does kind of frustrate me because um, somebody nominated me at the weekend and then within what 24 hours it's like well, well J-Dog uh, where's the video well I haven't quite done it yet guys and again if I want to, to give money to charity yeah. I would do that out of my own pocket putting a bucket of water over my head doesn't really achieve much does it Justin thank you very much indeed excellent stuff as always we've had loads of texts on this oh you're gone you've this, got to give us some of the texts this is from Tony in Toddington um, it's crazy this ALS ice bucket challenge most of these people haven't got a clue what ALS stands for you've got people advertising their companies in the background upon dousing their heads with a bucket of water well it's obvious what the motivation behind that donation is you have one guy who actually had 40,000 gallons poured on him that's a huge waste of water when there are people in the world that die as, oh. as a result of dehydration someone needs to slap this guy in the face and say it's not about the amount of water you pour on yourself it's about the donation then you have the rest of the sheeple those who do it for their two minutes of fame those who do it because celebrities and the whole world is doing it the saying comes to mind if, if everyone else jumps off a cliff would you the answer to this is clear you'll probably find a huge proportion of these sheeple haven't even donated should we do some of the facebook comments because we've had loads of facebook we've, uh, yeah we've got loads on this i'm, I'm picking these at random um jen, jen says the ice water paralyzes you for that split second to feel the way people feel with als and it's raising awareness for the charity if that's showing off i'm all for it but why do i need to feel oh, what they feel slight correction as well she says it's people with the als als is the name of the charity that they're actually raising money for motor Boom. neurone disease uh, wendy i agree with ian no one puts up the number or how to get your money to them if it's going it's going a bit over the top i wonder how many of the people who are doing these videos are then going to their computers and um making a donation i would suspect that i would suspect a significant number of them aren't doing that they're just doing the video um uh, Satin says it's a personal choice and of course creates discomfort for a moment. There's nothing wrong with donating rather than going through the motions because so many do. The awareness is well, there's nothing wrong with donating, there's nothing wrong with doing it. I'm choosing to do neither. Uh, £250,000 says Darren raised, yet you're supposed to give three quid if you do it. There are thousands of people doing it and not paying up. I did it and gave six quid to Macmillan. Well, see, Macmillan's the wrong charity. Well, no, Macmillan's also using this to raise right. money, and they've been accused of hijacking oh. the Motor Neuron Disease Association's push. Uh, Andy says, if you're against doing the challenge, don't do it. Have the decency to make people aware of the number and the charity to which the whole thing pertains. What next, Ian? Ban the walk for life? Get a grip, man. You see, Andy, when you, why would you, And it's Andy with an IE, so I'm assuming it's a lady. But what, what, what's your beef with me not wanting to do it? And also, why are we getting angry about something that's supposed to make people feel good and be a positive thing? This is the thing. We're all turning on each other because it's become emotional blackmail. 
It's a fun way of getting a charity known and people donating. It's only showing off if they don't donate, says Nettie. Wow, interesting. All right, nice one, Kath, thank you. Going for prizzies? Yeah, yeah starving. why not? Why not? On me. Thank you, everybody. That's it. That's your lot. Let's get the travel. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Northbound M1 is now open. It opened within the past couple of minutes between 11 and 12. Dunstable to Flitwick was, was, of course, the earlier closure. All followed an accident in the early hours of this morning. However, there are still long queues on the northbound M1 from Junction 9. Southbound is slow moving in patches from around Junction 13. And the A5 very heavy anywhere really between the M1 and Junction 9 and Hockliffe, especially northbound with drivers diverting. Still very busy through Clop Hill on the 507 and the A6. And the A1M really slow from Letchworth all the way down past Stevenage. James Woolley, BBC Three Counters Radio. James, thank you very much. No podcast from last week because I was off and Dealey wasn't up to scratch, but we're working on one this week and it's going to be a doozy. Thank you, Kelly. Thank you, Catherine. Thank you, Justin. JVS is up next. We're back tomorrow at six. Until then, ta-ta. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JBS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. It's not Monday, it's Tuesday already. And on today's big phone-in, which way do you hope the Scots will vote? Last night,